Speaking of like very Kmart comic Kmart books, ninjas. That's... This is the Imperial Schools Modern Podcast. I'm Josh Fullen. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we're going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. again. Everything's coming up Millhouse in this episode as we're closing out 1990 in our mag timeline by rifling through GamePro issue 17, the holiday installment. Link to the issue is in the show notes, as it always is. I need to issue a retraction, first thing up here, on my economic analysis math in the last episode. I forgot a multiplier in my Castlevania 3 map production cost computation. And I can't, it's so long ago, I, I picked it up. I noticed it when I was editing, and I didn't jot down what it was, so I came and specifically mentioned what it was, or cite what it was. But if you're going through and you're actually following along with math, and it doesn't work out for you, as unlikely as it is that anyone was doing that. <laughs> I apologize, and I want to let you know I strongly considered just quitting the podcast. But King Lorik reassured me that even the most valiant of knights in his court make mistakes, and it's not about whether you get knocked down, it's about whether you get back up, Jay. Please rate, review. <laughs> Please rate and review the podcast. If you uh, post it, we'll read it here, give us validation and self-worth, or ridicule us as long as it's also funny. Uh, and it's been a while since we recorded due to, uh, well, I wouldn't call them unforeseen circumstances. They were very foreseen, but they were circumstances nonetheless. <laughs> and we did not record, so we have played a lot of games probably in that time span. And I imagine this is going to be a lengthy segment. So, Jay, start us off with your Starfield, Microsoft, Bethesda <coughs> propaganda. <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? It's, uh, yeah, uh, I am probably... I'm 35 to 40 hours in right now, and uh, what a game. I mean, first of all, Josh, is this a great era for gaming or the greatest era for gaming? There's absolutely just so mm. much hotness out. I mean, Outer Wilds came but out yeah, a few years like ago, even... so I don't think so. But Haha. <laughs> 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 no, but it's, even with Starfield out, like, it's been tough making that the main focus. But again, last night... I'm like 40 hours in. I've just now completed like one of the first parts of like the main story quest because I've just been doing so much other things, you know, like it is. Okay. You know, for me, RPGs were never my jam growing up. Not my type of, not my type of game really until, you know, as an adult. Um, yeah. So things like that. And obviously as we've played through the podcast, you know, the, the final fantasies and dragon warriors have been pretty great. But for me, I still take the world that you give me and I play that world. I don't role play. That's not really what I do. This. There's two games that I'm both playing right now. And they're the first times that I've ever really role played in a game. This and Cyberpunk 2077. And this time, I spent so much thought at the character creation screen. It's the first time I've ever <laughs> sat there for probably an hour. Like Courtney came. She was watching me. She left. Came back. And she's like, Oh, you're still on that screen. I was like, but I, I, I haven't, I haven't flushed it all out yet because of like, just the way they set it up for you. And this game is so big, which I'm clearly you've heard about by now. It's so big and so expansive and like do what you want. And there's so much you can do 
that I kind of had to set it up from the beginning. Like, okay, I'm going to be like, I, I have alien DNA. That's like in the game. Like one of the perks that like, one of the things that I start off with, like I have mixed alien DNA. So I have that. I have the strength that nobody knows about, like this power, which jives with my character. Cause like, if you look at the bottom of the skill tree, there's like basically like superhuman abilities. Like if you can get to these skills to level them up. So my goal is to like, you know, I'm, is I'm there essentially a- like this alien superhero that I like have built my backstory and I'm playing it with the game. Does it, it, you know, I'm just picking up trace things here and there from the uh, universe around me about this game. I get the vibe that you played Skyrim. So, you know what I'm talking about, what I'm referencing here. It sounds like there's like, I don't want it to come off as too derogatory, but it sounds like they have like a main component of the game is basically a direct rip on the dragon born skill set that you have in Skyrim that like you are dragonborn so you have these ex- this extra set of skills that are derivative of what is essentially your main quest line in the game that is like this power that you were born with hmm. that informs your main quest track that's what it sounds like no this is this is my choice this is absolutely not what like anybody else would have but there's not there isn't like a common not that I found again like okay. I'm I haven't played the main quests like story part too much. Like I've, I've done that, but okay. I've done a lot of other things too, but nothing about that. Nothing about that kind of lines up, you know, like okay. for me, like at the beginning of the game, you get to select up to three different, I don't know what they're called. Um, abilities, like things that are inherent about you. I chose like one of them, one of the, I don't know, 40 choices or something I chose was like mixed alien DNA. And then the other one was like, Oh, I forgot what it was now. I, sh- I should have wrote it down. But basically, I chose like two of them. Um, but everything else is just like your choice. You know, even all the skills you choose are your choice. So like I I talk to people at work. Some people are just like, yep, they're always flying around doing sp- like space pirate stuff. You know, Courtney's like bought a house. I didn't even know that was a thing you could do. Like she's off like decorating houses somewhere like in space. <laughs> but like for me, like I said, like I like you, I'm starting off in this mine and I have these like inherent abilities that people don't know about that I'm learning about as I go. And I'm now I'm like a part of, so this, dude, like, does, does, it's does like your character build, does your character build inform where you start the game in, in, in different places then? Is that what you're saying? That I don't know that I don't know. I know you start with like different, but like the things you, you choose at the beginning do affect, you know, what you want to do. Like if you're, there's, there's like some weird stuff about cooking and, like, if you wanted to go, like, do that, obviously there's, like, quests that you could go do that kind of, like, mm. steer you off. But it just – it feels like this is definitely not the game where, like, some games – if you're playing The Witcher, other games like that, like, you can play the main the main storyline and there's always side quests you can choose to do or you can choose not to do. You know, what any with any open world RPG. And a lot of times, depending on the game and depending depending on what those side quests are like, I'll choose whether or not to do them. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I want to do all the little things. Give me all the little the little special flashy things. Other games, I'm like, nope, just give me this the main story because uh, the side story stuff is nonsense. With this game, it just it feels like there's it's all good stuff. Like you just gotta choose. Like this is what I'm gonna do, you know. And I've heard, I've heard from other people. That once you complete the fight, like the the final game or the main campaign, rather, it 
somehow opens up even further in an unexpected way and like there's like some people say like it doesn't even the game doesn't even start until you like beat the main campaign which blows my mind because of all the stuff that i'm doing and like i'll be playing this game for for months i have no idea when this game will end for me you know what i mean so it's just fantastic right now that's cool that was definitely a drawback of skyrim was that if you allowed yourself to brace through the main quest with Alduin, the game, it kind of turned it into just like a, the re, you know your the rest of your experience was just chore stuff. But if you did all that side stuff before you completed the main quest, it felt I don't know more fulfilling or more meaningful. You know, yeah. so it's cool that there's basically, at least if that's true, anyways, that there's more. It you know that it doesn't just kind of stop, but still let you keep playing. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> when you world, finish the main quest, apparently, like the world changes. Like I, I'm, I'm like careful. Like I don't want to, I don't want to hear the spoilers. Like I don't want to find sure. it out, you know. But I've heard people saying, like in meaningful ways, like just shocked at how, like once it ended, they're like, all right, I'm definitely you know new game plusing it kind of a thing. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm nowhere near that, so we'll see. So amazing Weird. stuff about Starfield. I could sit here and and talk all day about that, but um. The other game that I'm playing that I briefly mentioned was Star, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Like, I'm, I was back in the game. Like, I, I played this pretty much up until uh, Starfield came out. But, you know, I played this back in the day, loved this game, and I only stopped because Elden Ring came out. So I was like, all right, I had to jump on that train finally and play through that. And so, like, you know, it's gotten better again. Like, did you ever beat Elden Ring? I, last I had heard, I don't think you had, you had finished it. I did not. I did not. I'm, like, yeah. so close to the end. So close. I need to just put in the time and just get it off my list one of these days. Uh, but, no, it is still it's still there just haunting me and, and taunting me on my screen. Looming. Exactly. But, yeah, man, I so I, I essentially had to humble myself at Cyberpunk because I, I got stuck at this one one spot. And despite all of my best efforts to clear the cash and come back, you know, separate times, still was never able to beat this spot. So I'm like, why? I, I just don't understand. So I said, I'm going to do it. Switched to easy. Got past that <laughs> part. <laughs> then switched it back. Switched it back to normal. And, and now I'm back and, and having fun again. I, I don't know what, what was about that part. Uh, maybe it was just too many enemies because it was just like kind of waves of enemies. And I would essentially just die. Is that Bethesda too or no? No, definitely not. That's uh, Project Project Red or Project uh, Seed Project Red. I was gonna say most Bethesda games are not predicated on it's it's in my experience, anyways. The Fallout's in Skyrim. Like if you hit a wall that's like battle based, mm -hmm. you should just go do something else and then come back at a higher level, and it'll be <laughs> you know. Well, like there's no. Well, that's that's the sad thing is like that's what had actually actually happened before and led me to that spot. Like, I ran into a spot, but it was a much more like a big baddie, like a little mini boss kind of a situation. And I recognized that. And I was like, all right, well, I just maybe I just happened to stop at that spot when I was turning the game off. And now it's just like, yeah, that's not the spot where you start over when you're super rusty. So I did that, you know, ran someplace else and got to this spot and, and it happened again. That's why I'm like, OK, what is going on? Like, am I just... Has it been too long? You know, do I just need to go back to like the practice stages and and just get reacclimated? Like, what's going on? But like I said, I just switched to was switched to easy, beat the part, switched back to normal, and I've, I was able to continue uh, rolling. But the funny thing is about like this game and Starfield, man. Like these two games are so amazing to me because they are the first. Again, I said 
the only games I've ever role played in Starfield to the well, much more much larger degree. But they're the only games that like I walk around and talk to NPCs and feel like I need to like look at everything and talk to everybody and see what's going on because not just because they might like give me new side quest stuff, but because they help build the story and because they might that's, just be doing that's cool such an stuff. indictment. I, that's such an indictment on and a shooting down of your uh, opening thesis to 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 this segment of this being the greatest gaming segment or greatest gaming era ever is that traditionally it's all bullshit. You don't need to pay attention to. That's like not. <laughs> that's not. An endorsement of it being the greatest era of gaming ever. <laughs> no, but I'm saying this stuff is like, like in these two games, it feels like, I guess what I'm saying is it feels like even most of the NPCs are interesting enough to go to go spend time with. Sure, I understand that. But the fact that you're saying that this is the first two times you've done that is, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> because in other games, they're pointless it feels yeah like. exactly they're just quest fee they're just fu- exactly. they're just fucking <laughs> exactly plot point fodder i know i believe me i totally know what you're saying but even but even uh, but it's, it's more than just that too it's more like i know we're in the the era of you know procedurally generated content things like that but it feels like that's got to be a lot of this as well because they're they're a lot more advanced i guess as well than than you would see npcs in the past it's it's like everybody's doing something that is just much more than i've seen npcs do before you know what i mean it just it's like clearly back in the day you had like your main character you had like you know call it five to ten enemies who would interact with you and everything else was still because that's all you could do and then eventually you know you'd add a couple npcs that would give you quests so you would do that but everybody else is kind of just doing rope movements back and forth but now it's like it's almost like everybody's their own mini thing doing things that you like not everybody has quests, but it feels like they all do. Like you could just sit and just like have a story, a whole conversation and it meant absolutely nothing, but you just went through this whole thing and just sat and had this whole discussion instead of just like the whole, Hey, good to see you there, mate. Or, you know, some random <laughs> sentence that sure, they sure. say, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's just very, it's, it helps that they're also beautiful games. You know, I so many screenshots that I could just take and just sit there and just stare. You know, very colorful. Just I can't, I can't say enough about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven and Starfield, and so I can't wait until the new DLC. Fucking Skyrim comes out. <laughs> you yeah, Skyrim. me either. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the DLC for Cyberpunk I know is coming out uh, soon, so I'm probably going to have to take a pause. Starfield finish cyberpunk just so i can get ready for the dlc so i'm excited with that idris elba coming in i mean who can argue with that josh who can argue with that idris elba's uh, good idris yeah. elba's good so okay, okay those have been kind of like the two big and the two recent things and then <laughs> age of empires 4 dropped out of nowhere seemingly you know i was very pumped for that on the console kind of like i was talking about about age 2 just the controls very very well done just so i haven't paid a, played a ton of that um definitely they put you put you through kind of a get used to it kind of a campaign so you get used to the controls which is good so you get used to all the little hot keys and things like that you can do sure. um so i'm very excited to play that you know gotta gotta have my age to be able to switch it up from time to time not everything has got to be like you know go 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 i gotta have my my people farming and, and building the mills and things like that 
Yeah, we haven't played fucking Civ in a while. We've, every now and again, we like... Well, Baldur's Gate now. That's also... That's a big... really curbs that opportunity. But every now and again, like, should we play Civ? Like, maybe. It doesn't, doesn't happen. I actually had Civ d- downloaded on my console until, like, I had to just down- get rid of stuff to, <laughs> to download Starfield. And so there it went. But, yeah. Playing some gotta age. A, there's got to be a new one of those coming out, too. I should Google that. There's got Seven's got to be fucking something <laughs> not too far around the corner. Uh, and then probably the the one that kind of snuck up on me was Vampire Survivors again. So Yeah, I can't believe you keep playing this game. Dude, so I, I hadn't. It's It was, you know, gone from my console. I was, I was pretty much over it. But then they unlocked... Or they released this multiplayer mode. And since, again, you're really just moving your character around the screen. You know what I mean? Like, it's not more complex than that. It's all about building your build and everything. Um, It's couch co-op. So me and all three of the kids play together. You know, so that, even my littlest, who's four. The the biggest thing we have to do with him is say, hey, you got to stay with us. Let's go left. Let's go left. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's all we're coordinating. So it's really fun. To be able to get all the kids together, you know, any kind of co-op game that we can kind of couch is going to be fun. And so with that, I finally unlocked some weapon combinations that I hadn't unlocked before Um, because I just didn't want to look stuff up. And before and I was just getting annoyed because there was like a couple combinations that I knew the little question marks missing. Like, I can't. What is that? I can't. I can't. (laughs) This is not 100 percent. Like, what am I missing here? And I was just frustrated. But this time. I just finally looked it up and I was like, all right, so this is what I got to go do. Um, did it, unlocked combinations. And so I finally evolved my clock lancet with these two rings, allowing me to kill Red Death and survive to minute 31. After which Death, who was gray himself, comes and eventually ends the fun. But I'm, I, that was an achievement that I never got before. Finally got that. So I feel like I can finally put it to life, bed and just kinda, Life is complete. Exactly. <laughs> Con- consider this just a multiplayer family game going forward and... You know, it's, it's it's still a good relaxing game when nothing's going on. And I just kind of need to veg out and listen to a podcast or whatever, you know. Word. Word. And then probably the last game, NBA 2K24. How did I know it come out? Jesus <laughs> so the funny thing is I still haven't got Mortal Kombat 1 because that's like on the list. I have to buy it. And I was planning on buying it immediately, but I just I can't. Like, I just have to wait. Like, it's got to it can wait a couple weeks. Um, Because I got NBA 2K. I got hooked up with NBA 2K, I should say. And so the My Team mode, my favorite mode, where you get in the cards of each player and putting putting together your own team. Uh, That's my favorite mode. So my Seattle Surge are created again, you know, in the Bellevue Square Arena uh, downtown. And, yeah, it's a a blast. The, The game itself is fun. I do not like some of the changes they made. They made it so that there's not really... A player to player. Can open you do fucking layups? Anymore. Can you do fucking layups? <laughs> you can't do layups. Although I've definitely missed a couple and been very pissed and wanted to slam my controller. <laughs> that still happens from time to time. But I think that's more user error, honestly, with me at this point. So. Okay. I wonder yeah. how uh, the did they do anything? I know it's not your mode, but did they do anything to the fucking RPG? I don't know. Mode, I don't know. Uh, I haven't. I haven't checked mode? it out yet. I have not checked it out yet. Yeah, that was that was cool. That was definitely a fun it. mode too. I liked that one too. Before yeah, I found it, out. it was awesome. I hated the fucking basketball. 
with a passion, but <laughs> the story stuff was cool. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I feel like it's really, I don't know, maybe a, maybe one of those steep mastery type of things, you know? I don't know. Because I really think the game itself is good. Like the graphics now, because I think the last version I had also might have been an Xbox One version. And this one is clearly the the Series X version, so the graphics are amazing. And it just looks so, so good. Um, and it feels good when you make shots and do what you're supposed to do, but also super frustrating when you're like, would LeBron really miss that layup? Come on! You know? <laughs> right. That, that still yeah. happens from time to time. Yeah, I struggle hard with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, those, are, okay. those are pretty much the games. The games that I have been jamming on. That sounds like a like a pack of five weeks or whatever it's been. That doesn't sound uh, like a disproportionate amount of, of games for the time allotted. <laughs> <laughs> Word? Okay. Well, I uh, the big thing is still Baldur's Gate. I have my Tiefling Ranger campaign with Amy. By the, I mean, you know, it's just fucking qu- Divinity Sin style questing. There's really not a lot to talk about uh, minutia-wise. It is cool how... Probably the most fun thing for me is as my levels are scaling on this ranger, the animal companions that you can conjure, their levels also scale. So, like, nice. you know, you have a whole range of things you can, can can conjure, like a bear, a wolf, a boar, a spider. There's a bird of some kind. Uh, there's another one, too. I'm pretty sure it's six. But, you know, they each have, as they're... Though they level up, they get special abilities too. And like the bear has this honey paw attack, which is just a fun name to me. But he, <laughs> the honey paw, it's a, it's he basically, you know, it's a swipe attack that does damage too, but it can it will rip the weapon out of the enemy's hand. So like it'll basically incapacitate them offensively for mm. one or two turns, you know, and just little shit like that. It's like little minutia that mm. I I just never would have guessed that that was coming, you know. And maybe that is honestly. I think I'm level five or six. I, maybe that could be a thing that standard D&D has as well. Tabletop D&D has as well already, and I just haven't played that enough to know that. But either way, these things happen and come up and become available to you that like there's just so much development stuff with the characters that... It's just really fun how you're just surprised. Like, ooh, that's a really cool new thing I can do. And, like, you're offered so much stuff. And this is not unique to this RPG most of this way. You're obviously offered more things than you can uh, um, actually employ or select and use, whatever, you know. So there's, there's replayability there, of course. But, uh, you know, yeah, there's just – you can't even – and, like, you know, you can, you can read a description and you can look at an icon and, like – like you think you know what that means or you think you know how you would employ it or you think you know how it would be fun to use. But until you get in there and you really start fucking with it, you don't really know. So like, yeah, there's just so much that you just – you'd have to play it so many times to to really uh, get a feel for everything and experience everything with what I think is the core fun of the game and that is the development of your character. And um, the storyline is good too. But it's not like anything mind blowing. It it really is just about like building that that dude or your your characters and fucking um, molding them into the the thing that would be most fun for you to play with. You know, and it's cool too because I so I, Jab and I started a campaign as well, a separate campaign. So 
I went a totally different route with that, and I picked a dragonborn, a dragonborn bard, and you know, which is um, couldn't be further from character wise. A bard is like you know, there's all these <laughs> weird, unique things with uh, with him that's completely different. So yeah, it's this. I'm. It's showing. It's revealing how much. Because like there's there's a two prong thing with that. It's like you're replaying, so you know like kind of the broad strokes you know already because you've already played through them in the other campaign. But this game has so much minutia, and your individual character really changes the way the world interacts with you, and then vice versa. So yeah, I mean, there's I don't I don't think there really is a way to play it the same way with a different character. You're going to have a completely unique experience, and then you know you're adding jab to it instead of Amy, so that's like a completely different thing too. And it just mm-hmm. it really is like such a well developed and open experience that you you and the way you play it customize what that experience is in, in a really really uh, impressive way, uh, and I think that's uh, probably has a lot to do with the response to that game being so fucking positive, I think. It's just the, le- the level of customization that's capable or, or possible in it is pretty wild. It's cool that having the Bard character has... I don't know if these were already... I'm sure they were already circulating, but I, I'm noticing a lot of things on, on Twitter and shit. It's like... Uh, it's one of the really memed-up aspects of the game is... F- uh, four Bard parties and then naming them... A certain band, you know, like a, a, a weird '80s <laughs> band name or something, you know, is a pretty fun. I'm not really into memes and shit, but it, there's been some pretty funny ones. Uh, and you know, and yeah, the, the 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 look you can change of your characters, it's infinite. You know, of course, again, not unique to this game uh, at this stage of the game for gaming in general, but bards in particular because they are entertainers, and that's you know, that's that's the, he's an entertainer too. So like, there's all these skills that are predicated on just. You know, the charisma-fueled things, basically, where just your ability to be interesting as a person, or uh, he's not a person, he's a dragonborn, but he's he's fucking uh, whatever as a character, influences the way that you just approach it you complete you approach things completely different like jab and i will be like you know we've we've like devised this little communication system where like when we're approaching something it's like it's either it's like a binary thing like either i go first and interact with them first because we're worried about needing to disarm them in some way shape or form and my character is infinitely more capable of doing that Mm -hmm. uh as opposed to someone who looks benign and not a threat then it's kind of who whatever had jab go talk to him whatever you know so it's just again it's just such a level of you know those numbers are always present in these games but the actual effect they have on your experience varies wildly, you know. And in this game, it is highly influential. Like, a, a charismatic person, just as in real life, completely changes the way the world interacts with you in, 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 a, in an awesome, uh, to an awesome degree. And that that's really cool, I think, you know. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, that is uh, Love that trying to play. There. Yeah. Trying to play weekly with Jab and then Amy and I just jam whenever whenever it happens. So I think we haven't even we Amy and I we we got to because it's got like this like when you leave the act you kind of wall off everything that was left to do in that but it it gives you the courtesy of telling you like if you fucking go if you do that if you leave and do this thing you can't do any of the other shits so we're like 
we didn't even understand what it was saying to us at first. So we did it, went through and then like saw everything that we wanted to still do get taken from us. And we're like, fuck that load. So we're still in the first, <laughs> we're still in the first act of the game. And of course I, I'm still there with jab. So, you know, long way to go uh, on the plays, I think. And there's, yeah, I mean, there's just, you know, again, not unique at this point to this type of game, but so much shit, a uh, long way to go. So I've been playing a lot of that. And then Space Quest 1, the Etta Config Sys quest that Jab and I are doing. I finished that. Uh, we're probably going to maybe lay that down the second and final episode of that uh, next weekend. But it's such, they're such simple, simple games. Like I, I, it, like, I know why I couldn't finish them or do them as a kid because kids are fucking idiots. But <laughs> man, does it leave me disappointed playing through that whole game leave me disappointed in my 13 year old self, you know, like it's just, it's so simple and easy. And I just can't believe there was a developmental stage for me that I was just like completely stumped, (laughs) you know, just like, Oh no, I I just give up. I can't, I just don't even know. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's fucking depressing. Growth growth mindset, Josh. Yeah, I guess, I guess, but it's also, must have been pretty stupid. <laughs> so, yeah, I played a lot of that uh, until I got it off the list. And then uh, another day, another walkabout course drop. Alfheim was the name. I think you know, this is one. I think you'll be really into this one, actually. Mm. But it is an elven forest village oh, okay. setting. Okay. So there's, it's like, you know, everything that comes with that kind of this fantastical uh, medieval fantasy type vibe. Um and the actual courses, I haven't even played. That. I think I did play the hard one, but I, I don't know if I got the putter yet. Uh, but they have a lot of these soft curves to them where you need to kind of like ride a rail, you know, mm. uh, with like a really delicate touch to it. And it, it's it's one of those things. It's like a mechanic, a, a, a new mechanic that hasn't been really used. And I'm, you know, I've said more than enough times now it's the iffy whether they when they introduce something really different mechanically whether it's really good or not it might be unique and interesting but it's not something maybe that feels good this one feels good it's unique and interesting and it feels good and like you can it's i don't know predictable like that's the thing that pisses me off with like the lasers and the upside downtown it's like it's kind of unpredictable you know and like uh, beating a dead horse on it but the fun of mini golf is like i can strategize and like be good at something and do the thing right. that I want to do, you know, and, and that's this not just swing all, and just hope. And oh just yeah. Hope it works out. Yeah. That's not any <laughs> fucking fun. This is not. Uh, so yeah. So yeah, pretty fucking cool. Really beautiful, of course. And, and uh, I've had a lot of fun with that. I haven't had a ton. Of, I didn't take my headset to Ohio, so I haven't got a drop right before I left. So I haven't got a chance to fuck with it a ton, but it's pretty fun. We should jump in and, and take away with that. The, nice. I found a, one of the balls I found on the easy course was a 20 sided die ball, which I thought was just so, what? <laughs> so fun and so fun and smart. And of course made me very happy. Uh, so that's, that's totally the ball I'm rocking with now. And then the last thing is I, the new Tecmo Super Bowl dropped, all of them dropped. There's a bunch of, uh, people that make them now you can go tecmosuperbowl.org or tecmobowl.org rather link is in the show notes for this one specifically S blue man is the guy is the, uh, modder that I like to 
download the shit from. I think his are the best. I mean, it's the most downloaded one, so I'm not alone in that opinion. But I got the new one of that, and I whenever I'm going to the Bills games, I always play a shit ton of that on on the plane rides and stuff. So played a bunch of weeks of the new one, and it's cool. They, I, I I'm so you know it's. It's just so beautiful. <laughs> it's such a such a beautiful little niche of humanity that has embraced this fucking thirty year old game the way they have, and puts they put so much TLC into uh, just of course the updates to make it current with the players and stuff, and they even changed the you know there's only a handful of the little pictures that you can choose from of like different looking players, but they still like try to pick the one that would best match the player in the current player in question. So there's all this little TLC stuff with the individual rosters and shit, but also, you know, they're constantly devising and improving like play nuances, you know, like uh, gameplay nuances and, you know, the S Blue Man, for example, I think there's three of them. There's like the base version, the vanilla version, the hard type version. There actually might be a fourth too. But basically, each one, like the base version has all these things. They're just like quality of life improvements and stuff over the base, excuse me, game. The original. Original <laughs> game. And then the vanilla one is like, a, I think it's like a slight difficulty. They try to like rebound there's a, there's a lot if you play a lot of tech mode there's a lot of little things like there's this one play a shotgun play that has this the second receiver from the top runs this little kind of rounded out route and stops and that's an important thing because some routes don't stop and again this you have to play a lot of tech mode for this to mean anything to you at all but some routes don't stop and those are dangerous route, more dangerous routes because you don't know how much the quarterback's going to lead them. It's easier to, you know, if they're running off screen, you can't see if there's defenders that are going to jump the route. There's all these things that are more variant that add more variance to routes that don't stop. The ones that stop and on screen, you can see that they're not covered and that they're not going anywhere. So there's not going to be any variance to the throws. You know, a quarterback can still bounce the ball off the turf or whatever, but the odds are much higher that it's going to go where you want it to go. But also, this route stops in an amount of time that when the defense stunts your play, they call your play, this route stops in time for you to get the ball out Mm. before you get sacked, you know? And that is like, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's like, if you are later in a season... And the defense, the computer's cheating its ass off as the computer does as you go throughout the season. It gets more bullshit and like is harder. You know that's the way Nintendo introduces hard though. It just cheats. <laughs> so like as you get later in the season, that shit's happening a lot. That play is critical because you have a dump off that doesn't just totally kill the play and you lose eight yards. You know, so like they take that away though. They get rid of that. Like, it's not. It's not as dependable. And little shit like that that just like you think you've fucking you know mastered it yeah, yeah you think yeah you think you fucking got around the Jeez game's it. bullshit yeah and it's like nope no nope, we we know we're players too we know and they fix shit like that you know and it's like it it, it changes completely changes the, nice. that game experience you know and it's it to care that much to think about that stuff and play with it the way they do is just a really really beautiful thing that i love is an ongoing uh 
That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, it's so fucking cool. So yeah, techmobile.org, fucking it's better than the Madden game by like I don't even know what the quotient would be. <laughs> a, a massive, a massive amount. So highly recommend to go grab that. Uh, I certainly be playing it uh, all fall. Blocktown theme from Pac-Mania on the NES, and man, did that one take me back, Josh. We'll when talk I saw about that, when I, when I oh. saw that ad, I was I was worried you might just OD on nostalgia when I saw Woo! that ad on the Mac. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, this is the December 1990 issue. Has a 3.95 US cover price, 4.95 Canadian, 2.50 UK, 2.50 pounds UK, and. The Simpsons. It has legit signed by Matt Groening Simpsons art of Bart with a nondescript video game controller in his hands. His eyes have swirls in place of pupils to suggest he is under the psychological control of an outside force. Homer and Marge stand behind him looking concerned. Homer holds the unplugged power plug of the game console and has a speech bubble that reads, It's hopeless, Marge. We should have unplugged him two weeks ago. And the accompanying headline reads, The Simpsons, chill out, man, and check out one cool new cart. Mm. And that's a lie about that video game, but cool cover art nonetheless. When did you come to the Simpsons IP in your life, Jay? Oh, man. I mean, I mean, when the show came out, I feel like they were everywhere. So, you know, like whenever that happened and... They showed up and it was all of a sudden on t-shirts and everywhere. I was like, oh, I want to watch The Simpsons. Um, I did not watch it on the regular like other people. I don't remember if it was just because of timing. I don't think it wasn't like I wasn't specifically like not allowed to. I think I just didn't. I don't know. Timing wise, it just didn't work out. So I ended up watching, <laughs> I ended up watching more of it like later in life, like in college and stuff, like when it was just on, you know. Okay. Okay. Yes. The Simpsons were fucking huge for me, man. I... I, oh, you, you, I love that you mentioned the t-shirts, because I own two of the early classic Bart t-shirts. The first one was, I didn't do it. Nobody saw me do it. You can't prove anything. And the pictures <laughs> pictures Bart in a stealthy crouch posture. And then the other one, which was... <laughs> I don't know, just, there are things in your childhood life that just seem so big. Like... You know what I mean? Like, it's just a shirt. It means nothing. But to my idiot 10-year-old fourth grade mind, having this was like the biggest, I don't know, fuck you to the universe possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this was the shirt that said, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? And Bart yeah. stands with a skateboard propped up. I know Dude. that shirt, yes. That ladder, the latter one was a whole fucking thing, man. I vividly remember being forced by the principal to turn that shirt inside out at school, at fourth grade. Oh. And yeah, I just, I don't know if I've ever felt more badass and counterculture than I did in that moment. <laughs> I remember being in the lunchroom and having to do it. Like, 
I think it's probably illegal what he did. I think he, I think I might have oh, to take like the right shirt off. There. Yeah, yeah. Like I think like take my shirt off and like go bare skin for a second <laughs> to turn it inside out. I think I might have had to do that. Uh, I should probably. Oh, he should be in jail probably <laughs> <laughs> for two reasons: one, freedom of expression, and two, pedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, that was great. I I so remember that shirt, man. Oh man, I totally yeah, do. huge. It's, I actually didn't remember like when I was you know putting these notes together. I was like, I should need to Google those shirts, and like I couldn't remember what was on them, you know. And like the the who the hell are you on in particular? Like I didn't the 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 crouching thing for the first one. Kind of I I that kind of yeah. Uh, jarred uh the memory of it but yeah that like his pose of the skateboard and stuff i i would have guessed it was something else like just like his head or something but i so. feel like the the shirts were shirts in general were big back then like for me it was like the looney tune shirts like it would have looney tunes on the front and on the back it would be like the back of them and that was like oh and they're in like sports or yeah. like they were like they, they were kind of like uh that was like the oh my god fucking like hip hop urban fucking yeah. looney tunes oh dude oh, they sold that shit I mean, what what grade will we have been in? Probably same thing, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, shit like that. We would go school shopping at Kmart. And I remember putting that shit on layaway, bro. They had... And at Kmart, they didn't have... It was like the... You know, it's Kmart. I don't, I don't think I need to say anything else. So it was like, it was all... Because they had teams, they were like licensed things too. They're like, but because it was Kmart, they had the they didn't have like the teams that you they, wanted. It yeah. was like it was the it was it was the expansion teams. I remember the the Colorado Rockies and the Marlins. I remember. So uh, I had I had all this Colorado Rockies <laughs> and Mar and Marlins, Florida Marlins, fucking Looney Tune shit because it was what. They sold at fucking at Kmart, and we could put on layaway. <laughs> Dude, I'm pretty sure the Kmart so thing is good. why it's I had a Marlins so t-shirt as well. I'm like, why did I have one? Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do they even actually? I guess maybe that raises the question. I'm assuming that they even made teams you wanted, and maybe they didn't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> uh so yeah so back to the Simpsons man it, it, Thursday nights it was appointment television in my house like parents included you know my at, like you know dad mom me Jabbo all four of us sitting there watching that shit and there weren't many shows like Rescue 911 Cops <laughs> Simpsons God. uh I'm not Home Improvement I think at one time might have been on the list but yeah, there just wasn't a lot of shows that all of us were fucking one hundred percent on board with every week, and that was that was absolutely one of them. Uh, I, as I by happenstance mentioned last episode when discussing Boy Scouts, I quit that particular endeavor after five long years of service because the weekly meetings were also on Thursday, and I was not missing The Simpsons, so difficult decisions had to be made. <laughs> I, I I feel like we watched it. I feel like it was on in the TV downstairs in the fraternity house like every, every week as well. Like, Dude, I Her like, Herman, because I, I feel like Her I've saw it's like Herman's favorite show of all college. time. What'd you say? I'm sure, man. It, yeah, it's Herman's, it's Herman's favorite show of all time. Like he <laughs> nice. fucking, that motherfucker would be sitting there in the living room. Well, I don't even know what channel. We didn't have, you know, it's not, 
like today. It's not like he was watching YouTube or something. Like, that motherfucker was watching Simpsons 24-7, and I don't know what channel that he was watching where that was fucking the possibility. But he was, that's all he, I remember that's all he fucking watched was The Simpsons, dude. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's fucking still going. It's fucking 40 years later, it's still going. Okay, so the rest of the exclamatory headline lineup here on the cover, there is free pullout comic book, and this is the Flying Warriors, issue one, don't miss it. If you remember that, like, really, really fuck. Speaking of, like, like we were just talking about with Kmart. Speaking of, like, very Kmart comic books. Kmart ninjas. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah, right. And then we have Hot Handhelds, the most complete buyer's guide to Game Boy and Lynx. And then 16 new titles, Ninja Turtles 2, Uh uh-oh, Ease 1 and 2, Little Nemo, Strider, and Ultima 4. Do we need to pause the recording, Jay, for you to just go take a cold shower after hearing Ultima? <laughs> Why are they still making games? And given front cover treatment. Why are they on the front cover? I think we need to question. I'm calling into question officially the competency of GamePro Magazine to put this title <laughs> on the cover. Are you really think- are you trying to get people to pick up your magazine? I don't understand. I think we're gonna we'll talk about it a little more later, I think. <laughs> Moving inside the mag, as is so often the case in third party mags, Taito gets the prime real estate right up front with two NES full pagers, Puznik, and the tried and true dungeon magic ditty. And Puznik dropped in November, but is new for our mag journey, and it is a puzzle game. No brain, no gain is the headline, and the pitch copy uh, open goes something like this. Had enough ninja sword fights on planet Zark? Wondering why it's always up to you to defense the universe against foreign terrorists with bad breath and giant radioactive amoebas? Reclaim your brain. Get Puznik. Did you fucking play this, Jay? Dude, I had never heard of this game until now. No, of course not, but did you and, play it? <laughs> uh, yeah, of course I played it. It So, I like the music. I actually meant to grab some music from this game, and I forgot, but... Yeah, it's simple. You're just stacking two things together, but it got tough flavor. I, I played, dude. I played through to level two four, so like eleven or so. Levels. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's not only a good puzzle game; it is two good puzzle games. Did you play both of them? Two. There are two game modes, and yes, so so Puznik uses it's like bejeweled type blocks, and you have to slide them through various shaped play areas using gravity to make pairings. Fewer moves you do it in, the more points you tally. Mm-hmm. Yes, very. it's very, like I said, bejeweled-y. Gravnik is the other one, and it uses different sprites that kind of remind me of the crosses that home in on you in the Legend of Zelda dungeons, you know, at the when you mm-hmm. walk through the doors and shit. And you don't slide them individually. You control all colored sprites at once with these arrow buttons on the left. And, like, I, it's really hard to describe. I, uh, there's an, I've never played I anything like it. One. Yeah, they're, they're both... Fucking great, dude. They're both, yes, great puzzle games. And I, I couldn't, again, yeah, like, looking at the ad is, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's intentionally kind of, I don't know, not simple, but, like, blocky and kind of shitty. But, like, that's what it is, a puzzle game that uses pieces like that. So it kind of makes sense. But, yeah, looking at the ad initially, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be a fucking waste of time. <laughs> I, mean, I, I wanted to kind of skip it, but I was like, whatever, here we go. But Right, it's at I, the beginning. I, I'm still optimistic. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. But I was thinking at the right. end of it, I was like, do I need to add this to the the, the games worth playing list? Yeah, like, I think it's I think it's fair for sure. Yeah, like and, and you know, it's such an important thing too with these puzzle games, the ability to figure them out intuitively. You know, you're not there's no chance in hell I'm opening up an instruction booklet for a puzzle game 
in an ad in a GamePro issue. So it's very important. And I think and I think that's applicable. You know, I don't think it's just applicable to us from a podcast in 2023 standpoint. I think it's applicable to a player in 1990 just the same. Like you need to be able to pick it up and just get it, you know. And not every puzzle game does that for sure. You know, like I said, that pipe dream, they're not pipe dream, but pipe dream also actually, but that one, the Genesis one that had the pipes that like, I just didn't really understand it at first. I stuck with it and figured it out. But like, I know why that game never took off. It's because when people picked it up and played it, they didn't get it. And you're not going to spend a bunch of time figuring out a fucking puzzle game. You know, you're just not going to. So yeah, they do a really good job here of creating a unique game that I've never played before, but immediately could figure out. And, And in both cases with them. And yeah, it was really... Yeah, I, I played three to four boards for each type, and yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> not surprised to hear you played even further. You know, yeah, really, really good, impressive puzzle game. So that was a cool start, uh, and also, yes, right. had me a little optimistic about what we were doing here with this holiday issue. Way to kick it off, Game Pro. Yeah, and then it's a Tengen tag team that pleasantly odd but still trash pirate side scroller skull and crossbones <laughs> we saw at the back of last month's game pro and then pack mania for the first time Woo! and you're gonna you're gonna make us play this aren't you jay dude this is my absolute favorite pac-man game and a game i definitely still play like this is part of the pac-man museum plus collection on xbox so i still play it back in the day this was a game my mom rented from far more for three days and then I begged her to rent again because you could rent games for 99 cents for three days and it was like right across the street from her work so like you know once a week she rent me a game and like the fact that it's Tengen makes sense as to why I couldn't find it for so long and I was searching so much for this game like what was the name of it and so yeah man it, again it's part of Pac-Man Museum Plus freaking fantastic Pac-Man can jump like the music is just fire obviously we can't we intro the segment with the music and it's pac-man you know like it's the con the con- concept is simple but like the fact that you can jump and go around corners and and add something to pac-man that up until that point had never been done pac-man just went straight he didn't jump he wasn't 3d there was no yep. nintendo etc yeah i fired up man i gotta admit it's pretty fucking fun it's ah. yeah the adding of the like you're just saying there the adding of the jumping to Pac-Man's moveset is a wild change. Mm-hmm. You can jump but, around corners and stuff. You can get move. You can move in the air. I love it. Right. Yeah. And like, I like that they didn't just add that and then change nothing else. Like I felt the rebalancing, the converse rebalancing. Like the, there's more ghosts, and it you know they it's it it doesn't because it is. I mean, if, if you just had those. If it was the exact same game, but you could jump, it's like, you know, it's like game breaking, you know, but they, they do enough Mm -hmm. to counterbalance that, to make it still really, you know, uh, challenging. And yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I am not, I, Pac-Man is not, I, it's not definitely not an IP that I care (laughs) much about. Uh, I, you know, I do, I will play like Miss, of course, Miss Pac-Man, because it's an infinitely better game than the uh, original one in arcades and stuff sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> but I never seek out Pac-Man stuff, you know, so, and I certainly never played this as a child, so I was not, like, going into it with any heightened optimism or anything, so I, I was pleasantly surprised with how much fun I was having with it. A whole new way to get wild and crazy is the tagline above the title. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
I mean, well, for me, uh, like Pac-Man was on the one of the original games I played on the Atari with my mom. Oh, you know, like, yeah, I, yeah, I had, I had Pac-Man. Probably the first game. So, like, to have... Yeah. And I don't even think, quality. you know, that game gets a ton of shit. I don't think it's that bad, the Atari version of Pac-Man, you know? Like, yes, there's Flicker, but it's fucking Atari. Fuck off. <laughs> you know, like, of course it's just Flicker. <laughs> the TOC is next, and, dude, this is a historic milestone in GamePro Table of Contents. They've finally fucking done it at GamePro headquarters. The margin images are not just poorly cropped cutouts of pages in the magazine. At least, not all of them. There's still one there, of course. But uh, the first one is totally still shitty, shitty. A perfectly square cropping from a large illustration. But the Genesis arcade stick juts outside of the square box cutout from the layout, which gives it like a 3D vibe and like acknowledges that this is a a new instance of this image and needs to look good, not just be <laughs> something carved out of another page in the magazine. And then the Donatello illustration has the background entirely removed and no box at all. So just, I mean, I don't even know. It's just groundbreaking advancement (laughs) in magazine. Somebody's like, let me do a little better here. You know, somebody came in and QA'd it a little bit. Right. Yeah. Welcome to the fucking future at GamePro HQ. We have a new full pager from Ultranext for roller games. And Konami is... So good at marketing, man. The This ad fires me up for a game I know I did not enjoy. <laughs> uh, it, 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 the copy here. In roller games, you'll face karate creeps, open manholes, oil slicks, landslides, combat copters. Get to the chopper! And vicious dogs. That's before you get to the rough stuff. And this is surrounded by a bunch of intense, gritty action, movie-minded illustrations, burning flames, rabid wolves, karate-kicking roller skaters, etc., etc. But uh, I think you actually kind of dug this game. I did not care for it. It was, I don't know, bad beat-em-up to me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was, again, it was a fun enough... That like again, if I'm if I'm a kid, you run it for me. I'll I'll make it work. But I hated falling in the holes. That was so annoying. But yeah, I'm right. Not gonna, not gonna go out on a limb for this game though. I'm I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Unique idea. I would back in the day played it. I'm good right now. Right. Next is a two banger spread from EA, who is also so good at marketing for John Madden football. Out of nowhere, it begins. The greatest console sports franchise in history, and even though they hadn't yet cooked up the idea of an annual installment marked with the year right there in the title, you could think of this as Madden 91. And the spread is styled much like that Lakers versus Celtics ad we also thought was pretty fun. As the big man himself says, some guys aren't mutters. Some guys can't hold a block on grass. That's real football. That's in the game. Think you can find a harder-hitting football game? Get real. And that's it's in the game would be would become like their oh man yeah you know story tagline that he would fucking say boom it's in the game or whatever you know <laughs> the, all the commercials and shit so laying the groundwork here and this dropped in who knows when 1990 so we can play this if we want to I did fire it up they have neither the license league or players. But it is basically the exact same engine that will get those licensing additions for the far more celebrated Madden 92. And that was my very first Genesis game, actually. I bought that. Really? I traded in a bunch of NES games at Game Exchange before I even had my Genesis console. Like, I think I I had laid the 
the track to getting it for Christmas and felt confident about that coming to fruition enough to the point where I, in advance, I mean, you know, probably weeks in advance of, dude, took NES games to fucking Game Exchange, traded them in to get a copy of Madden 92. Used, no less, you know. So, that's that's pretty intense. Yeah, that's pretty pretty intense. You, uh, uh, light. you better like it after that. <laughs> yeah, but a pretty intense life decision at age fucking I don't know thirteen maybe <laughs> that'd have been, uh, maybe a little before. But they for this installment here, this first one, John Madden Football, they do have Buffalo and those seventeen team offerings available in the game, and their colors are Bills colors. So I probably could have emotionally gotten by with this in nineteen ninety one. I expect if I'd have had this prior to. Uh, you know, 92 being available. Really fun thing I clocked in the game setup. They don't call the CPU controlled team the CPU. They call it John Madden. So you are playing John Madden, the coach, when you play a a game. And I think that's really cool. And I hate that they didn't keep it, you know, moving Mm -hmm. forward. Like, I, I, I know that once the NFL license comes in, you want, it's easy to get to wanting the player to think they're playing the team's actual coach. So I, I hear that, but I still hate it as a, as a choice. <laughs> um, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Did you try this? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. It's funny. At first, I was like, man, I hated the play calling. Like, I couldn't figure out how to go back. Like, I was just so many mistakes. And I was just very frustrated. Like, fuck this game. Like, this is so annoying. But, like, right when I had – after I'd written all that and I was just about to turn it off, I was like, I tried a little bit more. And I was like passing as hard as fuck, and then, <laughs> then I finally got the hang of it. Then I started like playing, and then I started scoring touchdowns. And I was like, okay, all right, okay, oh, now I can see, now I can see. Yeah. Like back in the day, like you're playing it, and like that's the game you had to play. You figure it out. Oh, I'm playing this all day. Why would I? Oh, uh, dude. I mean, think about it. You know, like I love Tecmo, but from a simulation standpoint, going from Tecmo to this is like. <laughs> you know, from Time here to leads, yeah, from here to Saturn, man, it's just like fucking massive jump in play yep. experience. Just yeah, so fucking. I played Madden ninety two, dudes. Oh my god, I played so much. I played it so. I just come home from school, play it to bed, wake up, maybe get a game in. Try to wake up early enough to get a game in before you go to school. <laughs> come home and immediately rinse, repeat. You know what I mean, like. Jab and I, I remember we would, we would fucking, I, I can't believe we never talked about this on the pod. That's so, that's really cool now that I think about this. We, and like, I don't know, like, why would they even let us do it? Like, why would we do this if we weren't just getting up after we were supposed to be in sleep? But we would, he would sleep in my room. He would like bring a sleeping bag and our bedrooms are four feet apart, you know, <laughs> like the doors to our bedrooms maybe. And he would bring a, a sleeping bag into my bedroom and sleep on my floor, supposedly. For why? Why would you do that? <laughs> Instead of sleeping in your own bed right there. If we're not, the second the door closes and we stop hearing shit from the parents out in the thing, yeah. we're, we're getting up and playing video games. Like, why <laughs> would we do that if that wasn't the plan? You know what I mean? But... They would let us do it, and we would fucking wake up and play video games for hours after bedtime. I think 9.30 was our bedtime. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we would fucking play that shit for hours, and this was certainly a game 
that would, that would be one of them that we would do that with for sure. <laughs> Pretty, pretty fun. Uh, yeah, not 92, but the groundwork is there and it's, it's there. It's yeah. The, you mentioned like all those things. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about, uh, Bulls versus or Lakers versus Celtics in a bit here too. And it's the same thing. Like these, you gotta, you have to read the manual. You can't just expect to pick these up and get them, you know, yeah. uh, without, without having an, an idea of how to interact with the UI and shit. So not surprising to hear that startup cost, but yeah, once you get going, dude, I actually, I, I missed, like, I, the, I love the play calling and shit for these. Like, I feel it's so good and so varied and like you'd switch, swap the play. Like I, it's all so good. It was such a, yeah. such a, like I said, such a big jump. The complexity of the playbook is insane. If you think about it, uh, going from, from Tecmo or even NES play action, which was also a massive jump from Tecmo at the NES stage. But like, you know, play action is, I think three yeah. pages of, eight plays each, you know? And, like, this is fucking... Yeah. Each formation has more plays in it, or close to more plays in it, than the game offered in its entirety on NES, uh, so... Yeah, that's how I feel, man. Like, I, I think, for me, NES Play Action Football is nostalgic because that was the first great football game to me where I was like, whoa, like, a, a big Real step football. up from my freaking Atari football games, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. My Atari football game, and then, yeah. like, whatever ones were out on the NES, like, that was just like, oh, yes, but like when I saw this pop up, I'm like, ooh, you know the the new the original. So after after I played this, I went and actually played Madden 23 just to like see how long and how far it's come. And it's it yeah, it's it's definitely like a progression of that the same game. Like it's, <laughs> it's there, the through line sure. is there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, wild, wild. Such a again, such a huge part of it's an. I've said it before, but it's just amazing to me. And, you know, this is kind of humanity's uh, inclination to put themselves at the center of the universe. And, like, that is kind of, this is kind of just a modification of that idea, really. But, like, I feel it's it's just amazing to me how, I don't know, I feel like I, my life has ran parallel so perfectly with the, inception and progress of video games i feel like i am living i feel like i am living the history lesson of this art form you know like i feel like i started right when i was supposed to start at the first textbook and i feel like i have just been right there along you know uh, perfectly synchronized with fucking the advancement of these games and it's just so it's such a weird i don't know feeling to me Dude, I, I feel you. I, trust me, working in the industry as well, like I, I just see that, you know, just the, the whole thing. It's, yeah, I could go to, we could, we could have a whole nother discussion on this for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Moving from there, we have Jalico expanding on a Maniac Mansion ad. We have seen uh, a bunch to two pages. And it's got lots of screenshots that really show off the wild color palette of the game. Good choice and a lot of new fun copy. Why is there a chainsaw in the kitchen is the bold red hook headline below the title. And that is enough said. That is exactly what that game is. <laughs> why is there a chainsaw in the kitchen? Because it's Maniac Mansion. That's why. Letter from the Game Pros this month is on the public discourse about advocacy for a standardized rating system for video games, and they open with some comparisons to and historical review of other media forms as rating systems, books, films, music, before asking the readers what they think that actual players of the games 
uh, about the need for a rating system at all. And the only game they cite specifically, and there's a bunch of instances of this. We talked about this when we first, I think this kind of concept popped up in the last issue too, that the only game, or not the only game, but Razorsoft's Technocop for the Genesis, they chose to self-brand their game as being too mature for players under 12 due to depictions of graphic violence. And I see it's it's so much. There's like two or three other instances in this issue. Like I said, it was in the last one. Like I think that's just a marketing ploy. <laughs> and they even like they mentioned that some of uh, like Game Pros employees think it might be that too. You know, so it's it's very funny to me that like both they're willing to criticize it here editorially, but are also probably taking the payments and going along with Razorsoft's oh, for sure. attempt to market it as a, you know, it, it, it's it's such a sure. funny. That's why it feels like they just kind of took the topic and threw it out there. They they didn't like take a side. They were just kind of like, well, what about this? And just kind of just talk about <laughs> Yeah, like uh fucking uh I'm just saying, but what would you guys what do you guys think about? Right. This? Yeah, it's yeah. the what are the guys on my fucking sports talk radio should uh the Buffalo thing. He's he's got a whole his whole mo with Twitter is he loves to just drop something and then step back and let it burn. He doesn't like <laughs> he like will drop something that like he knows will cause a bunch of bullshit and then doesn't fuck with it afterwards. You know, he literally just like drops it and runs like a, like, a, like a kid with a firecracker. You know, <laughs> uh, that's kind of that's that's how this feels to me too. You know? uh, yeah. Ads for the double-player Acclaim infrared NES controllers and fucking Solstice, yet again, get us to the mail. And this is ballooning to three pages of letters this time around, seemingly due to the incredibly divisive issue. They are continuing the dialogue from the last issue on Game Genie. And as most rational human beings would expect, the letters that are pro-Genie are predominantly well-thought-out, well-written arguments that talk about both sides of the issue and arrive at a sound reasoning for their basis. And also, (laughs) as most rational human beings would expect, the anti-Genie letters are predominantly baseless rants that center around wanting the entire world to adhere to some simple and narrow-minded belief system the letter writer has. And that is very funny to me. (laughs) That that second group is just basically yelling, get good, everybody. (laughs) Right, right. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Just uh, I don't know. I, I had the exact same, uh, exact same observation. So yes, it's <laughs> man. We could, you know, you could really get off on a tangent of that, but man, and like I don't give a fuck about politics, but it's so funny to me how it's just such a parallel to <laughs> the modern political landscape. It's fucking crazy, man. It's fucking crazy. There are people in my life that I listen talk about things, and I'm like. How can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> How can you really honestly believe that? Yeah. It's crazy. Are you being Right, yeah, like exactly. Are you just doing that thing I just talked about? Do you like like the like are you so And like I get that. Like I have that in me too. I I like to watch things burn, especially things that piss me off. Like I get it. And I even get that you could have quasi-selfish or not even selfish is an overstep self-serving perspectives that are maybe a little bit either you know not sensitive to the whole world and like you know the a lot i think a lot of the side of the aisle that we're talking about feels like 
everything can't be fixed and you ha- if you want to improve your own life, you have to just be like, fuck it, some of it's going to be fucked up. You know what I mean? And like, I get a lot of that even. I don't maybe sympathize or totally align with it, but I can understand that perspective. But that doesn't mean that you cannot believe, like you still have to believe and be aware of that you're leaving that part fucked up. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You have to grasp that. You can't just, there's no way you really believe it just doesn't exist or it's not, whatever, you know, it's like, and like this, it's like, this is like a perfect parallel of that to me that just like, no, 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 no. What I believe and like, fuck everything you're saying. <laughs> it's just crazy, you know, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> whatever. That's obviously not what we're here to talk about, but it is just the, 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 the level of parallel is just crazy to me. The last one of these letters is from a lucky Ontario, Canada resident that doesn't have to deal with the U.S.'s dumbass corporate favoring legal system and already has a game genie. So they think it's fucking awesome and have included a couple homebrew codes for Super Mario Bros. 3. Super Mario Bros. 3 they surely discovered purely by trial and error. And that is exactly what I described about that device that was so fucking cool that you could just sit there and fuck around and have crazy shit happen. You know, it's just such a, it was so close to being your own like chaos video game pr- programmer, you know, <laughs> it's a really, really, really cool uh, function of, of that, of that peripheral. Everybody's different, man. It's, it's funny. Like it's one of those things that were like, unless you know somebody who's like, completely different than you you're just like yeah everybody should should, should do this thing you know and he's like nah this this is hard and you're like for real they're like yeah for real man <laughs> i would love this thing yes absolutely the last three letters are plants for the marketing team for sure the 1900 number the adventures of game pro comic collection they're rolling out and then back issues and i think that's very lame game pros to try to it's funny it's basically that like we, like I observed that there's a third page here, and that's bigger. But it's literally, it's literally basically just one page of really poorly planted marketing for their own bullshit. That is actually the added content here, you know, which which is how you get to 220 something pages of fucking <laughs> of a magazine instead of the hundred that it was just like two or three issues ago. <laughs> Cutting edge is the next section, and it's all Neo Geo. SNK's console drop of the time, and this machine means even less to me than the Turbo Graphics, as far as my whatever exposure oh, or, or I don't know, not even exposure. Just like I would have loved to fuck with it if I knew a single human being that might have had one. But I mean, where do you even find a person like that? <laughs> Dude, the only the only person I knew who ever even mentioned this was Jesse. Like, but it definitely to my knowledge, was absolutely not in the early 90s. You know what I mean? Is he? he was, <laughs> it was definitely later. Jesse, he's the younger brother, right? Jesse, yeah, right? he's younger. Yeah, right, That's right, what right, I'm right. saying. Like, so not, so not, not right now. I thought you were saying the older one that worked at CompuServe or whatever, and no. he just might have had access to technology. So, how, yeah, how the fuck? What? No, that's, that's what I'm saying. It had to be later, like after yeah. it's been, well after it's been released and okay. all that, you know, because it wasn't on my radar. Word, word, word. Yeah, I mean, reading through this, it's glaringly obvious why. It's fucking batshit insane pricing, dude. Like, <laughs> the, 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 first, the Wiz explains how rich psychopaths are importing it from Japan to get it early. And that's right. around, they're paying, they're paying like 550 for the console and 250 to 300 a pop for games. And that is 250 
to $300 for a single fucking game card. You move that to $2023, we're talking $585 for one fucking like, video game cartridge. You're, you're, it's essentially the rich mofos. You're, you're essentially just bringing an arcade cabinet. You're like, I'm rich enough right. and I want I'm if you essentially have to be rich enough to put arcade cabinets in your house. That's what <laughs> Right, right. And in that case, why don't you just buy the arcade? I mean, I guess space. But if you're rich enough right. to buy arcade cabinets, you're probably rich enough to have enough space for arcade cabinets. <laughs> well, the person who's buying this probably already does. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> my guy, my guy over in Jinjong told me that like this right, is the right, spot. Right. <laughs> yeah, spot. he wants to just be able to take this to his buddy's house and show off. Maybe that's where you, you, get, the, you get this because when the party's not at your house. Uh. Uh, you, you guys haven't heard this yet. I just I just got off the plane from Tokyo and uh, <laughs> right, yeah, it's been fucking seventy three thousand dollars on like a console <laughs> and five games. Uh, when it does drop in the U.S., the plan is three ninety nine for the base system, just the console and one controller with no games, and then you can also get what they were calling a gold package for five hundred ninety nine dollars, and this is two controllers and one game, and it also says the game carts will max out at one hundred ninety nine dollars domestically. So, that's, yeah, I just feel that's like the cost it's just of the, a it's, console yeah, for each yeah, game. Come on, it's just yeah, it's just the about? it's the craziest. Video game shit I've ever read. Like, <laughs> like, it's just nuts, man. Like if they sold more, th- it's a cabinet. It is a cabinet. It's insane. If they sold more One than game. like seventy of these things total, <laughs> I would be flabbergasted. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's fucking just nuts to me that you could sit in a like. Because that's here's the thing. Like, it's not like they're being made on demand. You know, you got to sit in a room as a company. And as a company, you've done market research. There's been money spent to feel the viability or to gauge the viability of this thing you're going to do. You know what I mean? And, you know, the R&D, like there's all this lead costs and time that goes into obviously rolling out a video game system. Like all this shit has to happen. And throughout the whole process, they got to just be sitting in the room like, yep, this is going to (laughs) work. Yeah, like everything's pointing to this fucking just being a fucking boon, you know? And like, that's crazy, man. That's fucking nuts to be that far off the existing, you know, engaged whatever user base of this technology cost wise. And to think that ah, it's crazy, it's fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, you know, like they go into the they, they, the ad is cool. They did a good job, I think, of conveying the difference between what you're buying with all this money and what you're getting with the other consoles. You know, they they do they 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 go into the tech specs and they explain how wildly superior they are. They uh, you know, they 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 make the thing like you said that that it's an exact version of an arcade cabinet offering and. Mm-hmm. That's all fucking fine, but get a grip. You're not going to be able to get people to pay this much money. <laughs> it, it, for me, like reading reading this article made it even more whack to me because in, in my mind all this time, this was like, okay, somebody had like arcade cabinet parts. They they like slipped it down <laughs> and they're like, boom, we're, we're pulling the real arcade experience in this and it's going to cost you arcade money. Okay, I get it. Somebody's just trying to get over on everybody. But- Reading this, like, this is just essentially a better colored Genesis. You know what I'm saying? I think it is a big jump. I think it but is no, no, a no. big jump. If you read jump. the specs, it's really just about 
the colors, the color palette and stuff, it's actually not even like graphically that much better than a Genesis. I so that is, that awesome, is just though. like... Because it was also arcade experience. It just didn't have the... Yeah, there are a few... I know, but like thousands of dollars more, basically? Right? Yeah, Come no, on yeah. now. Like, yeah, it's not yeah. that much. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're not... Yeah. No. That, and, you know, was, and that that right there, that encapsulates you know, really high-grade fucking just like... I don't know if you're going to be a video game company. Like, the savvy of what an executive needs to be... Needs to understand and be able to gauge is like... You know, technology, it's like this exponential curve. Everyone knows that. It's like it's increasing. This, and like there's like this, you know, it gets obviously that means it's steeper. And at the at the right side of that curve, there's this space where like every dollar becomes worth less that you spend. And like to get from 94% to 98% where maybe and these are obviously arbitrary numbers. But to get from there and say like Genesis is 94 the Neo Geo is at 98%. Like, you need to be able to look at that as an executive and go, it's not worth. Like, that 4% is not going to be worth what it's going to cost us and in turn cost the consumer. It's just you're not going to be able to sell that to the average user. And that is where whoever the hell is running that company really failed. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, it does. I mean, I will say this. It makes me curious enough looking at this ad. That I'm going to download the RetroArch Core and start checking out some of these games for free <laughs> and not feel bad doing so at all. But it does make me curious to see the quality, qualitative difference uh, that they might have yeah. been doing with this. I can see that because the, the picks here are not selling me on it either. Like I'm looking at Baseball Stars Professional. I'm like, come on, man. Like you're not. No, absolutely not. Not a, not a <laughs> but that's just me. Sure. The second half of Cutting Edge is on handheld systems, and we have NEC, NEC's Turbo Express, Sega Game Gear, and some nonsense called the Hall of Fame Games Power Pro. <laughs> it just, like the most, right. it just looks what like the most fucking. It's again, we're at the, the episode. The episode. This episode's name is Kmart Layaway, and <laughs> this this is the Kmart Layaway fucking handheld for sure. <laughs> you know, the only real knock on the Turbo Express is that it scores. Uh, is that scores and other HUD info are completely illegible in the heat of gameplay. Like, they're way too small, which makes a lot of sense since the system is literally a one-for-one shrinking down of an image that would normally be on a full-size CRT, you know? Which is, like, yeah, exactly. Like, really, like, amazing technology-wise, but a real funny side effect that you wouldn't think about, uh, uh, you know, um, until you see it, I guess. Uh. So that was interesting to read. And then my favorite thing from the Game Gear is that they say, while it's too big to fit in your pocket, it 100% could fit in your fanny pack. And I was all about a good size fanny pack circa 1990. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Game Gear was awesome. That I yep. had a Game Gear. And that Did you? Gear. I didn't have one. I, I not, wanted not in 1990, you know, later on. But yeah. it was it was still a freaking fun system for the like one or two games i had yeah I, I mean i yeah i can like i can i can picture my like how floored i was by seeing sonic on the game gear almost i mean honestly probably right on par with how floored i was seeing sonic on the genesis for the first time which i also vividly remember the moment that i first 
turned on a fucking Genesis at my little brother's aunt's house and and saw Sonic in on a TV in action and just like, yep. Oh my exactly. god! <laughs> oh my god! Is this better <laughs> than anything I've ever dreamed of being on TV? You know, it's like, oh my god! And yeah, same thing on a handheld scale. Same same idea. Just like, god damn, I can't like you know, like holding your Game Boy like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and i loved my game boy but when i had the game gear i was like yeah whoa dude like it's colorful it's in my hand like what yep yeah like the, that tv tuner concept like just like the yeah. idea that you could hold a tv i mean that was like that was always the thing that casio handheld tv thing that they would always <laughs> yeah. have on the kids game shows and shit uh like i never had one of those either but like this no. that like, same thing just like the concept of being able to hold tv in my hand like oh my god yes <laughs> give that to me uh right. again, also video games like holy fuck <laughs> just so things much. that we do natively these days now yeah like, wow yeah 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 but yeah, fan. You did. You, what was your? Did you have a? I can. I can picture my fanny pack in 1990, dude. This blue. This blue one. I got. I think I got it at a theme park while visiting my grandparents, like fucking Bush Gardens or something, maybe. Uh, and it had so many pockets, bro. Pockets in the pockets. So many pockets. <laughs> <laughs> so many pockets. <laughs> so for so many activities. Yeah. I, I, it's funny to me that you can vividly remember one. I had multiple. Like, I don't even remember. Like, I just had I, – I feel like I had one specifically that I would use whenever we would go on walkathons because it was a big <laughs> growing up, right? You're, like, walking for three miles, four miles, and you get all snacks along the way. So many snacks. You got places to store the snacks. It was great, man. Like, the, the one the one walkathon, I think, was for, for MS. It was sponsored by Donato's Pizza. And at the end, like, this one time, they had just stacks of pizzas. So – in addition to all the snacks along the way, it was like in my like bulging fanny pack, those Donatos at the end. It was like the greatest experience as a kid. <laughs> Give me all the walkathons. I'll raise all the money. Give me all the snacks. Any shit where I can to bring a fanny pack, uh, sign me yes. up. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, Jab, I remember, it's funny, I remember mine. Yes, that blue one. And I also remember Jab had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one that was dope. So, <laughs> yeah, fanny packs fucking. Uh. It's a, they stand out in my memory for sure. <laughs> so then we get to this Hall of Fame games Power Pro deal, and it's what? a monochrome screen thing aimed at undercutting the Game Boy is, is sure. what they're going for here. And it's a horizontal control-to-screen layout, a la Game Gear, and around a 30% bigger screen than Game Boy, and a substantially, in quotations they say, lower MSRP. And those aren't bad sales pitches, but the game support is clearly going to be an absolute joke. And I imagine right. is the chief reason I've never heard of this thing, you know. I, I was just looking like, like who, who's making the games? Like, where, <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah, do they even they say random it? games. Galaxy right. Invaders. Right, exactly. So it's going to be like stock. The Space Invaders clone. Yeah, clones right, yeah. of popular games. You're like, oh, yeah. no. Adjective <laughs> noun. Adjective noun. Verb. <laughs> like, just fucking. Bomb you know. blast. <laughs> right. Right. Come on. Yeah. Nice try. <laughs> yeah. Valiant effort. Good job. There are also ads we've seen for the SMS and Atari 7800 interspersed through here. And I think it's a, such a funny choice to contrast these Dyne Systems' as ads with the cutting edge. And I think oh, you can't convince me that it's not deliberate inside jokes of GamePro. That they're not putting this dead thing next to the most forward-thinking technology available to players. you know. And, and I just, I mean, 
warms my fucking cold dead heart a great degree that they're over there finding a way to have that kind of fun. <laughs> it makes me sad, man. I'm looking at Atari Warriors and just like, oh man, this is the only Atari game that recurs. Like maybe Alien Brigade, maybe we've seen that. We have like, seen that a couple times. Both, those yeah. are great ads. I know. You know, but I to think your point, it's like at this point, I don't even care. Like I don't even yeah. want to see any more Seven Hundred. Super Nintendo is coming out. We're way, we're way beyond. Well, you're not going to get that wish. We're going to talk about more Atari later, Jay. Don't, <laughs> don't let it, don't let it go away entirely. The Pro Classics is next with a deep dive on Super Mario Land and the Game oh. Boy. Yeah, and they have full stage maps for the entire game, all twelve stages with tip notations, and that is pretty dope. I loved that game a great deal. Uh, I don't know. Yep. Well, no, there are there are like hidden. Those hearts and shit, the one-ups, there's a lot of hidden stuff in the game. So this was probably um, added some replay value, I guess, to a game most people would have... It's not hard to beat at all, but there is yeah. like fun hidden stuff to be had that this probably added some value with. And we have some Capcom NES ad action after that. Destiny of the Emperor and the insanity that is Street Fighter 2010. <laughs> and then one of those Vic Tokai review spreads where they try to play off themselves as a mag feature mm-hmm. in shit fashion to get us to overseas prospects. And here they are featuring Robocop 2's European release from Ocean Software. And that open paragraph closes out with an Ed 209, you have 20 seconds to comply joke. And I appreciate the fuck mm-hmm out of that that is great great magazine <laughs> copywriting so fucking hats off to you guys and i don't think i ever played the sequel which data east also got in the u.s but it appears there are pov shooting range sequences yet again and i told you how that was the only part of the first data east game that was good so it's oh. smart that they kept that i suppose what did you, uh, what did you think uh well this isn't it doesn't drop for a long time so in the u.s uh, so i did I, did you you played it no, no, I actually didn't either. I was looking, yeah. I went, I meant to come back to this and somehow skipped it, but yeah, I have well, played it before, but yeah, really, I yeah, I didn't even, I don't think I even knew that there was a sequel. <laughs> the, the screens look familiar to me. That's the only reason yeah. I'm just like, I, well, that I could just be because Data East makes the same game with different fucking hero sprites over and over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> no, typically like the the boss, like the 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 Robo boss battle kind of hmm. that they show. Okay, okay. A new Electronic Arts 3-banger for the Genesis lineup is next, and this Ooh. is cool. Yeah, it is a quiz titled The Gat, uh, the Genesis Aptitude Test, and the headline reads, Are you a genius, gen- or Genesis genius, sorry, where the R-U-A is just the letters, it's not spelled out, and that's pretty clever, I think. Then each of the seven games gets a quadrant of a page with a quiz cue, multiple choice answers that are aimed at having some fun and some cool artwork relating to the game. The last page shows the seven gauge, seven games rather, in that amazing uniform EA Genesis box design that I love so much and has a panel with a form to fill out and mail in your answers. And entries that score 100% on their Genesis aptitude are entered to win three EA games out of four upcoming titles. So not just... Mm. Like, Actually, three carts total out of the four available. And those games are Centurion, Defender of Rome, PGA Tour Golf, Road Rash, which is a dope-ass game, and Dark Castle. I'd never even heard of the other three. Well, PGA Tour Golf I'm sure I've heard of, but I can't picture. Right. And, yeah, that's, I mean, I mean, we're talking minimum probably 45 to 50 bucks a pop. So that's that's a nice take, 150 bucks in value uh, if you, if you 
win this. That's pretty for sure. hot. You, even if one of them is good and the other two suck, you're like, <laughs> yeah, still, yeah. You know? Well, anything free, yeah. I mean, also. Right. <laughs> but the games in the quiz are Sword of Sodan, John Madden Football, Lakers versus Celtics, Populous, Budokan, Zany Golf, and Battle Squadron. And some of these we've seen and played. Some of these we haven't. All are 1990 drops, though, so let's talk about the Uncharted territory. Sword of Sodan is a computer port, as many EA titles of the time are, specifically the Amiga here. It is a fantasy-themed side-scrolling action game. Let's fucking go. I'm on board for that kind of game. Has cool-ass title screen art, some nice-looking character select art between a hero or a heroine, then a cool map visual, then a very arcadey Golden Axe-esque play environment comes up. And my hulking Conan-like dude standing there with a sword drawn, a skeleton hung on a pole above me, and it's slightly swaying in the breeze. Perfectly blue sky, and and like a and there's a bird chirping too, cheerfully. It's like a it's like a really cool that contrast when you see those. Like it's like a good job of like showing like a Conan movie. Like you have like you know countryside that's been pillaged. But the war part is over now, so you have, like, the the nature, the, the animals have returned and shit, but it looks, like, all desolate and fucked up, you know? It's, like, a really cool juxtaposition. But then the game starts, and it is so fucking bad. <laughs> I was about to it's say, like, the fact that you were spending so much time talking about this game, I'm very confused as to what's going on Yeah, it's okay. uh, Yeah, go. it was like a non-flashback <laughs> for me, dude. It's, like, it's exactly <laughs> like computer action games of the time were, man. Oh this, like... God. Really slow incremental steps, really delayed attack button response time. It's clunky, and just, it's yeah. weird. It just yeah. oh, so it's just fucking bad. bad, dude. Yep. Oh. So bad, man. And that they were all this is why I'm beating a dead horse, but it's just the the disparity between computer action games and console action games at this time is just so vast. And like it's amazing that EI EI EA had the I don't know, lack of foresight to not... Right? Like, what are we doing right now? To not smooth it. Like, they, I know the technology is there to smooth it out. You can make a game like this that feels good. Golden Axe exists. We've played it. You know, so... It's, yeah, it's what crazy. That, yeah, they, they just one for one brought it over. Like, yep, still shitty, but fuck it. <laughs> you know, like, whatever. Uh, yeah, I guess they're still... I, I couldn't turn that game off fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. As much as I love that kind of story world, yeah, I was like the second I... And there was all like, you know, you're like just mobbed on that like first screen. They like come from both sides, you know, you're like, there's like five of them and you're like, right. you can barely deal with one. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we doing? What are yeah. we doing? Not, not good. Not good. Not good. Battle Squadron rips off a fun and zippy title theme upon firing up. That scores a lengthy slideshow, setting up a fairly stock, but nonetheless dramatically written, sci-fi, the galaxy might be doomed story. And I posted one of the slide slides from this of the two people you're trying to save, which they put the whole names of in like a really weird way to me, or I don't know, not weird way, but it's weird. Commander Barry D. Mayers and Commander Lori Bergen. And they are, <laughs> they are such creepy looking video game people but they are exactly what most all video game people in 1990 looked like like when you got like really good pixel art of characters on genesis like this is what they looked like and it's so fucking i don't know they're just like they're they look it's not that they 
I guess it is kind of Uncanny Valley stuff in that, like, it looks real close to human, but, like, has something really weird and, like, demented that's off. And, dude, I don't know if you clocked it. Fucking Matt Ghoul. Did you see Matt Ghoul's comment on this when I posted it? He pointed out that these two motherfuckers look uncannily like Beavis and Butthead. And, like, the woman being oh, Butthead. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the dude I, being I noticed Beavis. it myself when I just saw it. I was like, oh, that looks He's like so it. fucking right. It's so fucking right. You can't, like, yeah, all the fucking counter comments are like, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. No, yeah, it is. And they look, they look just like Beavis and Butthead. It's so fucking strange. Uh, um, so, yeah. So, some interesting visuals to start. And this is a lot of good window dressing for what is a pretty straightforward vertically scrolling flying shmup. But it's a good one, and one with a simultaneous two-player couch co-op, which is kind of cool. Looks awesome, controls great, animations are all cool, music is solid, good gameplay. Would play, I would say. Interesting. Um, you I never, never actually guessed that at all from you. Like, really? That's, that's a shocker. Yeah. Because, hmm. I mean, this is the type of game that, to me, is basically like a souped-up Xevious. Like, they, like... That's exactly what it reminds me of. So yeah, I'd play it just because that's maybe 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 it was just early <laughs> early in the mag. Still, again, you, mm. you're not you're not fucking uh, into the short pro shots and seeing a million bad things. <laughs> I don't know, but I, yeah, I, I played it and I was like, man, this is kind of fun. And, I, and honestly, I, I came out of this thinking like, like, do we need to have a talk about the Genesis early stage Genesis turning me into a shmup fan? Like, do oh. I need an, do I need an intervention? Do, do I does someone need to sit me down and and <laughs> get me back on the right path? Side. <laughs> the last one on this ad that we have not yet played is Lakers versus Celtics and the NBA playoffs. And this is a doozy. This is a doozy game for sure. I, I mentioned before I had Bulls versus Blazers. I love this fucking franchise and I think it's funny that it's just the name too. Like. That end the NBA playoffs, like why? I don't know. That's such a weird title. Like, did they, don't forget about that part. <laughs> right? Like, it's yeah. just about these two teams. Even, even my kids were like, "Why is it just Lakers versus Celtics?" And I just started laughing. I was like, oh, <laughs> "Just but yeah, <laughs> those are the two most popular teams back in the back in the eighties." So, yeah, you know, this is nineteen nineties. <laughs> right. They haven't made the turn to the Bulls yet. Yep. And dude, yeah, you fucking fire this up. How hard does this title theme hit, dude? Oh yeah, it's it's yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. The, so I, hard. That's how hard. I'm, I'm pissed because my ROM was like broke, so like I couldn't, like I I had to like try to get a new one, but like for some reason my characters just go diagonally. I couldn't really play the game, so I'm I'm, I'm annoyed that I couldn't experience. Really, that's. I have bummer. to find another avenue to experience this gym. Um, outside of just the screens at the beginning, because for some reason won't you go, me, like control. I get all my Genesis ones from Vim's Lair. Is that where you go for your? Yeah, yeah. But this specific one, like I, I pulled, I switched games because at first I was like, well, is it just my controller? But like, it's just this, like just this one. So I don't know. Huh. Yeah, maybe power cycle. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was able to get the one but I this found may be off Vim's were, were great and. Fair. Say so you get this fucker going. It's only eight teams. They have Lakers, Celtics, Bulls, Blazers, Suns, Pistons, Sixers, Spurs, and the two All-Star teams. 
and it's got just so much star power. These are the playoff teams, of course, so it's so much star power as we covered when we went through the ad last game pro. The East starting All-Star 5 are Barkley, Bird, Ewing, MJ, and Isaiah Thomas, and uh, yeah, it is, it is weird how there's no one-word name for Isaiah, I think, you know? Right. Yeah, everyone he else. Really, he didn't really earn that. No, yeah, he didn't. And I, he was like a consummate okay, all-star. Isaiah who? Isaiah Ryder? Who are we talking about? <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he was a consummate all-star on a team that won back-to-back championships. You know, like they had their moment. You know what I mean? So it's weird that, I mean, you know, Rodman was there. But Robin wasn't Rodman like he was on the Bulls. Yeah, you know, he, he was, was like a good player that also I think made some All Star teams, but he wasn't a household name. And I just don't know. I mean, Bill Lambeer, I guess, was a kind of a persona, but 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 kind of in that yeah, exactly. Like shitty. He was a persona in the way that Brawler, like Kurt Ra- like right yeah. Kurt Rambis was like he's like you know, this goofy ass white dude that like. Played hard, but he wasn't a fucking... He wasn't a star, you know what I mean? So he was like... Isaiah would have been the best opportunity of, like, a household name from that team. So it's weird that, yeah, he didn't get that love. It's strange to me. Whatever the case. It's the best basketball game we've encountered in our timeline by leaps and bounds, I would say. Uh, It's still not a good basketball game, though. It is so slow. I did catch myself once I... I, I think I did pull up the, the the manual real quick just to get the controls because there's a couple dual. You got a, a but yeah a button does a different thing on offense and defense and like getting that all down for sure uh, improved my experience greatly. So I was able to like I didn't quite finish a whole game, but I played maybe a half or something like that and like kind of enjoyed myself. But it's still like I said, it's so slow. <laughs> it's yeah. so fucking slow. I don't know, but r- right now though, I'm looking at I'm looking at Genesis between this and that, and thinking, all right, y'all got it on sports right now. Like, if oh for sure, oh sports. Like that's why. I mean, that this is why EA oh. in particular. But I mean, Sega of America, the Madden or not Madden, but Montana uh, also. You know, they. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was just hands down the best sports system. It's not even close. To, to SNES couldn't even hold a candle like very late once we get to like NBA Live 96 I would say the SNES and Genesis versions felt equally as good to me but early like I mean you know I think of early SNES basketball like NCAA basketball did you did you that was like the first basketball game Ooh, on did I play that one I don't know that probably. was one I probably you know, did they had that game has I don't remember which one it was on NES, but that same thing where you hit half court and the whole camera turns, you know? I mean, it does it in a way that's easier. It's not just, I think on the SNES one, it's just like, it just like. Snap turn. Snap, yeah, snap. (laughs) I mean, on the SNES, it does like this camera turn move, so you're not totally disoriented, but you don't want to watch that slow ass moment happen every time you cross half court. And Yeah. yeah, that was a very clunky game too, I recall, but. Um, not even close. Same thing. NCAA football. Same thing. They that first, that was the first football game on SNES, and I that loved, too. I don't know. I loved NCAA football though. That was not not the EA one. That first one was just like the guy in the. It might not have been NCAA football. It might have been like, called it might something not else. Have been that then, yeah. But the first one they had on NES was, I think it was NCAA. It was called, but it it had like a a guy in a black. It was almost like a Steelers uniform. 
uh, on the cover. And that was, yeah, again, it was just like NCAA. It felt like really clunky and really Bush League and, um, yeah, not even close to these early Genesis games, in my opinion. But we're getting there. We're coming along. They're, they're coming along. <laughs> Hot at the arcades this month is all Taito. We have Battle Shark, which is a submarine sim, complete with disgusting to put your face into Periscope viewer. And can you even, I just can't even imagine. Like, genuinely cannot under any circumstance. And, like, again, kids are dumb. And I was just as dumb as, as most of them. But I, pr- and I can't remember for sure, but I pray I was smart enough to feel that way as a child. To that I, like, Never once put my face into one of those things. That is so gross. <laughs> I just think it was the type of game. Like, uh, I just didn't care for that type of game. Like, it was going to be a submarine game or something like that. And I'm just yeah. like, no, no thanks. Yeah. yeah. Plus, it's probably going to cost four quarters anyway. So that's like, true. That's, that's true, a double true. no. If I'm going to yeah. spend four quarters, give me Bar Simpsons or Ninja Turtles or something. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, that's it, funny you say that, too. Like, I like I can't tell looking at the tiny, tiny photo of the cabinet and the mag here, if there was a CRT on it at all, for people watching to see what the hell you're doing, and like you know, that's probably like really appealing from manufacturing costs. Going, oh, we don't need to put a fucking TV on this thing. Yeah. But I feel like a huge part of coin op sale it's marketing, oh, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know, like seeing how dope of a game it is. And attracting quarters to those coins. Oh slots. yeah, but there yeah. was plenty of games like that. That the ones with the curtains. There was multiple games like that where you couldn't really see. Where you're like, I wonder. What, I wish I could see. <laughs> That's true. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like the sit tell. down, the sit down ones and shit. Like trying to like peer in there, like without fucking being creepy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, the other game is Cat Ash, and this appears to be a Golden Axe ish fantasy side scrolling battler, but the classes here are Fighter, Mage, Priest, and Ninja. And that's right, folks, fucking ninja options. <laughs> this is a little weird, but I don't care. I'll take them in any way I can get them. <laughs> uh, see, it seems like there's a little bit of a heightened RPG depth to it also. There's some shops. You can buy shit and what have you. So, I mean, ninjas and economies. Yes, please. I'd have played that for sure. So, that looks like a cool game. I don't think I was able to. I think I tried to score the main iteration of it, and I don't recall it working out. So... I tried to play it, but wasn't able to. Never even saw this in the wild, so who knows. Weird-ass two-page spread from Nexoft after that, and this is the Nintendo licensee that put out Wizardry on the NES and a handful of other much lesser-known carts between 89 and 91. And this is just a mailing list sign-up order form. Two of them, actually. One for a friend, no less. You can just, like... I don't know, like I signed Grosenball up for credit cards, like just sign him up for some shit, <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, which is interesting. But uh, the, the bait is a catalog of NES and Game Boy products and a cardboard doorknob hanger. And their mascot, I guess, anyways, is on the hanger. And this mascot is named Dak Meganeg. And it has him intensely playing a video game with the caption, Video Game Wizard in Training. And Googling Dak Meganeg turns up absolutely nothing but Dak Prescott shit. So I'm guessing this, <laughs> this this titillating marketing campaign didn't hit like they'd hoped. But just in a general sense, much like it's right there with fanny packs, I think, of things of the time that just, I don't know, somehow were compelling and every kid had them and actually used them, in my view, anyhow. And I don't understand why. Well, I shouldn't say that. There is a very functional purpose for for 
fanny packs, I guess. But these doorknob hangers, you know, I don't know. I mean, did you? I, I, I can't think of any that I specifically had, which makes me a little sad. But I definitely had door hangers that I remember putting on my door with, like, I the definitely. intent of informing your parents, who else, of whatever it was saying on it, you know? Like, yeah. Your do not disturb uh, to some degree is is what they often vibed with. You I know? don't know that I had them, or if I had them, I didn't use them. Like they I don't memorable enough. Yeah, like I, I now like hearing you talk about that, I'm like, okay, I could see. I, I remember them being round, but like, I did not have the type of childhood that was like, I'm locking my, I'm shutting my door, like. <laughs> my door was staying open pretty much all the time. So I was kind of like, why would I have this door hanger? It's funny now. Cause I have one on the hanger to my media room that says like gaming in progress which <laughs> makes complete sense. Cause like, you know, if you saw my media room, it's dual screen series. Xbox is all the, all the gaming stuff you could ever want. So yeah. That's but as good. a kid, nah. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I was always trying to like, I always for one purpose or another was like, repurposing my closet into like a like a private clubhouse kind of thing you know jab and i would go in there and fucking do whatever dumbass top secret shit you know like (laughs) i was i was always trying to put gates between me and the rest of the house for sure (laughs) probably a lot of psychological reasons for that the but fucking uh yeah i was always trying to like my space I'm yeah how yeah get the fuck off over here <laughs> yes fuck off <laughs> game boy robocop and that sexy space junk breakdown solar jetman two banger get us to the adventures of game pro this is chapter 15 deceptions and todd is still bopping around in a rad gravity game world though the stalker is in disguise as rad gravity here and working to deceive todd And via some very, very poor respecting of the reader's ability to work through subtext, the stalker learns that Todd is from Earth and immediately incapacitates him to take him to the Supreme Overlord's Overlord's Dissection Lab. And it's closed out by teasing Michael Jackson's Moonwalker will be the game world of choice in the next installment, which is a hell of a tease that is fitting for the business aspiration of the next installment, a full-blown separate comic book they are debuting as The Adventures of Game Pro number 2. And this standalone book contains a reprint of chapters 10 through 15 uh, of the InMag comics and then tacks on a 21-page blowout conclusion, that's how they term it, only available by spending this 350 and that includes shipping. And you also score a couple of giant wall posters by ordering... Uh, this comic book there would be three issues of of this comic that would get published and they are luckily preserved on retromags.com if you want to give them a look the link is in the show notes they are um exactly like these in mag ones which is like <laughs> maybe kind of interesting in the best year i think the best you're going to get better than nestor obviously uh in yeah. nintendo power but I wouldn't call them good. <laughs> this, this episode wasn't that bad. I was like, okay, all right. Eh, I mean, it's like, eh, eh. <laughs> uh, like I said, better than Nestor, but yeah, not saying. I, well. Yeah, the idea of spending three fifty to get new, like standalone yeah, no. ones, nah. No, no. This is bonus content, not uh, primary download. <laughs> Gremlins 2 and a Koei ad for their war strategy lineup are found in here too before we get our first advertisement for SNK's Neo Geo system. And so, yeah, this is, we 
it wasn't the ad we saw earlier. It was uh, just that shit about it. This is the actual ad. This is this is a fantastic ad, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. uh, it's incredibly like it's you know there's all this shit out there about how hard Genesis went at Nintendo and they're advertising in this era. Like these motherfuckers are like just that's nothing compared to what they're what they're doing here <laughs> and it opens up with if you're still playing sega nec or nintendo you're nothing but a weenie as the headline over a bare ass bun free hot dog which is fucking great i think and then it says if you're playing the incredibly high powered neo g system you're a real hot dog and that's over a loaded stadium chili uh stadium dog rather with chili cheese onions and the works and then the copy gets real fucking high octane it goes tough talk but we think it's over why dick around with limp underpowered 16-bit systems Damn. when Neo Geo, yeah, Neo Geo offers the hottest, most advanced video entertainment system in the world? And wow. dude, I mean, I know. Huh. Well, I. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's crazy, right? It's fucking crazy, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, like Dick can mean Richard. You'll see that sometimes. And you have to just accept that as that's short for Richard. But Dick is not non-profane hot dog terminology. It's just not. So they are just saying dick around here. And that is nuts. That is nuts. You know? How can they even right? do that? This How is, can they do that? Right? <laughs> All the, this whole... Nobody... Clearly nobody... In any kind of regulatory board, <laughs> yeah, there's no police ever man. saw this copy. Because then he comes back with like fact, Neo Geo. Like they go hard after this. Like does prime rib cost more than squirrel burgers? Like, <laughs> like yeah. they don't give a shit. And it's yeah, just, yeah. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, like I want, especially from the 2023 perspective. I I, I am so impressed. Uh, <laughs> but I can't believe that like. Moms against Five fucking everything around. didn't just burn GamePro headquarters down, you know? Like, I just can't believe. Uh, you know, there had to be at least a few kids that, like, read this and were like... Right? Like, and like, took it straight to their parents, you know? <laughs> or, yeah, or, yeah, or like, just, like, rip it out of the magazine. Like, they'll never yeah, let me have GamePro again. Tell them, yeah. <laughs> like, they'll never let me get this, this magazine Yeah, just again. eat the fucking page, you know? <laughs> Great. Yeah, man. Yeah, they go hard as fuck. Uh, they the they do pictures of the system, and then they have a chart titled "A Quantum Leap Forward in Video Entertainment." This is what I I thought I was mentioning earlier, where they yeah. show the stark technical advantages of their gear versus Genesis. And it's it's fucking it's not a small amount of difference. So yeah, uh, but it's but also it's still mostly related to the colors, the sound. I don't know sprites. I guess that's more, but still. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, I that, the, the sprite I thing is that that's a real big difference because you have those limited. Like NES can only do like fucking four or some shit uh, on a line, and this is where you get out of that flicker stuff and obviously just have more shit going on. You know, like all those arcade beat 'em ups where you have like a ton of shit going on. That's like a, a great example of this is Double Dragon, which is mm-hmm. one of your one of your fucking uh stalwart so like yeah. on the nes this is why you get those you only get two enemies a screen you know what i mean you walk forward uh, you have to kill those two enemies before it will let you progress and then you get the next two enemies and that's because they can't mob you because they can only show 
that many sprites. You know what I mean? So interesting. Yeah, okay. so it, it it really changes the game on I games like that. I think. Good. Yeah. But I'm a little more impressed then. <laughs> still, still not worth the asinine uh, costs of that technology right. at this time. Granada heavy line theme from a Genesis title we'll talk about in a bit. And we start here with a lot of ads we've seen, including fittingly that Epic Turbo Express handheld five banger and some Game Boy action that carry us into Game Pro's handheld holiday catalog that was touted on the cover. And I really, the illustration for this is really cool. It's like a neon green tinted translucent Android hand holding a perfectly portrayed Game Boy. And it's it's so perfect to the point that I guess Nintendo paid for this. You know what I mean? Like, maybe even commission the artwork. You know what I mean? Like that, it, it's, I, I just struggle to see Game Pro putting such meticulous attention to detail, even down to the, like, the dot matrix with stereo sound text up above the title or above the game screen and shit the console screen this feels like a different artist they hired they hired somebody from the outside to do this yes yeah. not Fran. Like, this is not <laughs> francis ma work i agree not that francis ma works is bad but right yeah this uh would have been a hell of a tool for making your list for santa i'd say it's seven and a half pages of game boy games and 1.5 pages of link links titles and it's just a screenshot, the title, and a paragraph of copy. It's made in the game, so there is a oh, lot of. Are you kidding me? Give me my, give me my notepad piece. Right, yeah, yeah. Like this is what I want for Christmas. This one, yeah. this one. A lot of shit to choose from. A lot of shit to choose from. I wish, you know, I wish I had done, and I did not. I'd like to go through and count the percentage that were puzzlers. You know, out of out of seven pages, or sorry, yeah, seven pages, seven and a half pages of Game Boy games. I bet it, minimum a third, probably closer to a half of them are oh, for sure. puzzler games. You know, For sure. The funny thing is I went through the list wondering like, oh, how many of these Game Boy games, you know, did I own as a kid? But I realized I didn't own too many Game Boy games, only a few. But then, but I think it's also because of the time frame that it came out in, right? Like the... The game, like whenever I got my Game Boy, you know, shortly thereafter, the Super Nintendo came out and I'm going to be playing that almost all the time. I'm pretty much only playing my Game Boy when I'm traveling, which I, you know, my, I went to, my grandparents lived in Kentucky. So like we would drive there, but that would only happen like a couple times a year, like at most. So I didn't really need more than like a few Game Boy games. So I'm like, man, I only had like five and. Yeah, that was just a lot of games that I just never, just never played, you know. Because then I moved on to other systems and got a Game Gear and all these other things, you know. That's interesting. I never really thought about that. Uh, we played Jab and I both uh, played a lot of Game Boy at home, sitting there in our living rooms, like by choice really? over our consoles. Yeah, we, you know, those like uh, final, those Final Fantasy games uh, and shit. Like I can remember. So yeah, we would spend probably, tons of like that. I could see. Yeah, tons of time on those, man. Um, yeah. even when not, and we moved around a lot and we, you know, not moved around as in like moving around houses, but I just mean 
fucking getting dragged by our parents, who God knows where. Uh, much of which we probably should neither want to or should have been uh, <laughs> going. But the, you know, we so we had incentive to or opportunity, I should say, to play that shit on the go. But yeah, I feel like it was much more. I mean, even down to the point, like, yeah, I I I had the battery pack. You know what I mean? Or the AC adapter, rather. And that, I mean, I feel like I used that. I often oh, didn't even have batteries in my Game Boy, you know. I, I, I fucking just had that fucker plugged into the wall. That was like a, I remember that being a thing. Like, I remember Mad Mike talking shit about batteries all the time. So it was just like, it's easier just to fucking play it at home. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. There's also a full pager from I Am In Control, a company that I'm sure put out countless NES peripherals that brought smiles to the faces of kids everywhere. But there is no trace of them on the internet whatsoever. They uh. are sell- yeah, they are selling a control device called the Game Handler, which they tout as the only handheld controller you only need one hand to play. And in, ni- in either the worst marketing decision ever, or perhaps the best because it looks like shit, the product is basically in complete silhouette in the photo. And right. The, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, the, the tag the tagline reads: "A new universe is at hand. Can you handle it?" Um, and yeah, it is. You know, legitimately, like you only need one hand, and there's buttons on it for both things. And like theoretically, maybe that's cool. But again, I couldn't find much about it. So, but it's like a. It looks like a joystick. Like a- sure. You know, like, how but I mean, the idea, if you think about like, you know, the joystick design at the time, like, the only reason you knew that second hand was for that button that's where the Atari button is, you know, like, most of them had a trigger for because joysticks, flight games, you know, that was normally the thing. Yeah. So, like, uh, the idea of just putting another button up top and, you know, it could work. Yeah. I don't know. But man. that just feels like, well, it's, it's, it feels like it's going backwards, which everybody else felt the same way. Since uh, you can't find that, well, it's I, you know, I, I, I did my fucking nosing around, and there's a 10 minute instructional video that I'm guessing came packaged with it in the form of a VHS tape, and the link to that is in the show notes, and it does a pretty solid job of explaining what's what with this thing, and it, I mean, honestly. It kind of feels like a twist on the Schmauer Dove. It's like you you tilt mm. the stick to enact D-pad depressions. You know what I mean? Um, that makes sense. But you don't need the the power glove. Had the fucking shit you had to the rig you had to put around your TV to give it the sensor space for the power glove to do st- shit. Schmauer Dove <laughs> uh, to do shit. But this doesn't need that. It's just it just uses like a gravity detection thing to tell when you're tilting it, you know. Uh, so you know that I mean it might be cool, but it, it in the same way the shower dove is a nightmare for this. I feel like anything that's requiring like fast twitch movement is probably gonna it's not gonna pan out very well. I would guess. They have there's another part of this uh, a page or two later that's a, a full page ad accompanying. Uh, that has accompanying accessories. This is like a whole line of shit that they, again, like talking, we talk about SNK, like 
you know, all the effort and cost and shit that goes into R and D and then the manufacturing of stuff like this thing is they're rolling this thing out cold with all these, these four different accessories and RF remote, which I don't like, what does that mean? Like the RF switch and your TV, like why the fuck would you need? I don't even understand, you know, and then it has earphones and then a mic so you can, and we'll actually, we have another controller later where the, it uses mic technology to act as as, as button depressions, which it, it, you're, you got that look on your face. It has the potential to be cool because what it means is your second button is no, you don't need you don't need to deal with it anymore. You could just be saying fire to fire your missiles in a plane game or something. You know what I mean? So that could make this more functional in a good way, I think. So that's kind of interesting. And then it also has a cockpit okay. viewer, which is like this. It's for soft, it's later, there's, a, I think maybe Pro News Report or something talks about this, but there's, you need to buy software for it. It's, it's not like functional for any pre-existing games, but they're supposedly going to be rolling software out that enables this to be a cool part of your experience that like, it's like a little, I don't know, like something that would be on a cockpit showing who the fuck, I don't know. Something that makes it more like a plain cockpit, I guess. Uh, so it's a lot, man. It's just a lot <laughs> to come with this, you know, third party fucking peripheral that I'd never heard of. It seemed like a whole lot of groundwork, you know. Right. Like, uh, why so do I like, need a mic? Why do I need a microphone? I mean, the speed commands. I guess that's the reason because there's no, there's no NES live, you know, <laughs> pop it off. No, yeah, you're you're certainly not fucking. Uh, yeah, it's not. You're not conversing with players. Uh, over it or anything. So yeah, it's yeah, it's just funny. And like I said, the, we we'll get to a. And I was surprised by this one too. In both cases, I'm looking at it immediately like, what? This got to be a piece of shit. No way, it's any good at all. And in both cases, I was kind of like, I kind of came out of like doing the research, like mm, maybe it's not so bad, <laughs> you know. Um, depending Shocking. on depending on MSRP, I suppose. <laughs> uh, a seven banger on controller offerings titled "You're in Control" comes next. More holiday catalog type shit. The most notable thing about this is the text is almost entirely illegible because of a terrible background choice, which is not the first time we've seen this in GamePro, where they have this purple-red splotchy pattern in the background that makes the white text incredibly difficult to read on these pages. So that sucks. But the game handler is in here, actually, so it's not Pronews Report. It's right here. And they explain how it works a bit, but we're unable to get their mitts on it, so they don't want to offer any critical analysis, which I, I, I was actually... I'm kind of surprised, I guess, that they bother to, like, be that transparent and truthful about their review, whatever, you know. I mean, um, it's that's helpful, though, for them to be sure. like, hey, they were willing to toss us this ad and, you know, pay us some dough, but they didn't have a prototype right. for us, so what did we right, do? Right. So it's probably a piece of shit is what they should say there. (laughs) They're not willing to get it to us. So between the lines, readers, you know. And they do actually have the MSRP here. It's guesstimated anyways. It's not, I guess, the for sure thing. They're guesstimating 45 bucks, which I guess I'm trying to think. I mean, I feel like the NES Advantage was like a 40 or 50 dollar type deal though that is clearly but that is a, a phenomenal controller. <laughs> that's all that is like an NES like peripheral itself. Yeah. Right. It's not off-branded. You're not sure how this is going to turn out. Sure. With cr- crazy ass wonky technology that may or may <laughs> not work, right? 
At the tail end of the NES section, there is a section, partition, section, 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 partitioned out for something that was teased a long time ago in an issue of Nintendo Power, a hands-free controller that allows gamers with limited body mobility or insufficient hand function to play an NES cart that standard controllers can, um, Play any NES cart that standard controllers can operate. And Zapper and PowerPad games are not supported with this, but it does plug right into the normal control port and can be mixed and matched with other controllers of any kind on the controller deck. So, like, one kid can be playing with this and another kid can be playing with the normal controller just fine. And all you need is a good is good motor control of your head and or jaw for the control stick, which comes with a bunch of different attachments to um, allow you to interact with it with different in different ways which is fucking awesome and then it all, uh, you also need decent lung capacity for the sip and puff tube that acts as your a and b buttons you like a sort a sort a short sip for the a button and then a short puff like exhale for the b button and you can do a more sustained sip or puff to enact the select and start buttons so you know fucking crazily innovative and thoughtful right. technology. I didn't even know they could do that back then. Right. And this is, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, there's actually a streamer that I watch some of his stuff that he plays games with. He's quadriplegic and he plays, beats all these crazy ass NES games. He's like, I think he beat Mike Tyson's punch out once, if I recall correctly, which is nice. fucking nuts to me <laughs> for obvious reasons. If you listen to our fucking Mike Tyson's punch out episode, like, I find that inconceivable but <laughs> whatever uh so yeah so this dude he plays with a, a yeah i'm sure it's not this exact thing of course but it's a, it's the same technology it's the same you know it's like a a, a jaw or, or um chin controlled d-pad and then a sip and puff uh attachment for the buttons you know and the fact that they that hasn't changed in fucking 40 30 years is a wild testament to how groundbreaking and innovative this was in 1990. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, on top of the different joystick attachments, it, it came with like this foam backing and also chest straps to, you know, obviously different individuals, different handicaps. You need different fucking uh, ways to interact and embrace the, the fucking actual rig. So they did a good job of giving you different ways to, to um, best enable that. And yeah, I mean, just, I don't know, fucking... And it's direct from Nintendo, too. It's not like a... This is not a third party. This is... N- Nintendo developed this internally, and you can only buy it from them directly. They're not oh, even retailing wow. it. So you have to... You have to they have a uh, number you call in, and they're 120 bucks is the amount, which I think is damn reasonable for this kind of product in 1990. Yeah, just fucking impressive and really fucking cool that they went to that length, or these lengths, to be able to offer this to disabled players. In fucking 1990. I mean, it's, you know, the amount of human consideration in corporate America in 1990, <laughs> needless to say, is, it's not, it's still not good today, but 30 years ago, holy fuck. <laughs> like, Shocking. scrape, exactly. scrape them off. I don't care. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, really, really impressive shit by Nintendo, I think. Uh, actually, I looked up, I found one of these on eBay. Uh, just to see if they were available now. And uh, funny enough, a user named Ohio Video Games, Jay, uh, had had one Big listed surprise. at two thousand two hundred forty nine ninety nine OBO. Maybe it's less. Whoa. Depends what you, <laughs> depends what your BO is. <laughs> but they're out there. It looked like it looked to be in pretty good shape too. I mean, very usable. Um, wow. 
So pretty fucking cool. The only other controller in here I found even vaguely interesting was the Sega Arcade Power Stick. And this is the official three-button joystick offering from Sega uh, uh, directly. Jab had this one. It was mm. dope. Did you have any of these controllers? Shit you got to fuck with as a kid? No. Yeah. Not at all. Not at a lot all. of random shit in here, yeah. Definitely magazine, magazine viewable only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. So there's tons of ads in here, too, throughout this section. There's a fun one we haven't seen from Game Tech for Harlem Globetrotters on the NES. And the tagline up top reads, You've never seen basketball like this, but as I mentioned on our socials, I have a feeling we have seen exactly basketball <laughs> games like this. And it's just another piss poor one of them on the NES. So uh, uh. <laughs> we won't know until March of 91, though, when it drops. Thankfully, don't got to deal with it now. But I'm guessing it is not all that great. <laughs> And that oddly intriguing Kaneko beat him up on roller skates for the Genesis, DJ Boy. It's a full pager that is terribly unappealing. But like we said when we found this game originally, it is surprisingly enjoyable, I think. Uh, or much more so, at least than expected. And they're also selling Volume 1 of a new VHS tape series with excerpts from GamePro TV. They're calling it a video mag with tips, tactics, passwords, and secret strategies. So these are like another like 30-minute excerpts from the tv channel cable show uh, that is is rolling out around this time that johnny arcade who has his own review feature in the mag now is uh the host of then we have a slick genesis-esque two-banger from atari for the links in here and there's large screenshots of a bunch of games paperboy rampage rygar clax miss pac-man gauntlet and they fucking look great dude they look really fucking impressive and the game cards that they show look like some diskette type shit i would have really wanted to have alphabetized in a little box circa 1990 <laughs> so uh, a lot of appealing shit about this uh, you know like we've said i don't i it's it was never like i don't even think i knew it existed to be honest with you, but oh um, before the Game fun. Gear being available, yes. Right. 100%. But then, yeah, the Game Gear basically did the same thing, and it was Genesis. You know. right. once, you, once you can get Mortal Kombat in your second, hands, right? you're, you're like, what yeah. else do you need? You're not competing. <laughs> <laughs> then, finally, 104 fucking pages into the mag... We start seeing some previews on some video games. The first one is The Simpsons. This is Acclaim's first of many NES offerings, all of which come via those pesky kitchen boys, Gary and Dan. And this one is, they don't even have the title of it here yet, but it's Bart versus the Space Mutants. Uh, it will eventually be titled. And uh, thankfully... I was wondering, dude. I'm like, which game are we talking about here? Like, I was very yeah. confused. Yep. Well, that's because it's not out yet, thankfully, so we can wait a few more episodes before we shit all over this game. Uh, <laughs> but the MSRP is forty four ninety five, so uh, there, that's what we can look forward to paying for what will not be a good game. But you'll play it anyways because it's the fucking Simpsons, and I of played course. all of them, you know, of just mind, mindlessly uh, convincing myself that I was having fun. <laughs> A mildly disturbing illustrated ad for Acclaim's LCD handhelds carries us to Johnny Arcade, just as we just mentioned, or as we just mentioned, rather. Johnny Arcade's video power preview for the month, a high-octane Turtle Power 3-banger on the Heroes in a Half-Shell's port of the arcade beat-em-up on the NES from Ultra Konami. And, like, I mean, it's, like, how much of a 
I don't know, they're just throwing him a bone and a half there, right? Like, you know, like, fuck it. You get to do this guest spot, and we give you just the dopest possible game Are to talk about and play. <laughs> this was the game, everybody. Yep. Like, yep. oh, such an upgrade from the first one. Yes. Yep. Yeah, we all we all know this game is a fucking banger. There's no need to slow down our parade through this issue to beat that dead horse. <laughs> so let's just get on with the specifics. It's or the technical stuff. It's a appropriately lofty MSRP of fifty four ninety five, and the rating meter goes five four five five four for a scorching ninety two percent. Graphics, gameplay, fun. Get the fives. Sound and challenge are the fours that keep it from a perfect score. Mm. But yes, that's certainly game up eligible, and we haven't done it yet. A new ad from Renovation for Granada on the Genesis, which is a 1990 release we've yet to see, so let's party on this baby. It is a top-down tank shooter set in the faraway futuristic year of 2016, and I fired it up. (laughs) It's one of those weird shooters with Dino Ricky syndrome, dude. That's what I thought of while I was playing this. Like, they're telling you it's a ground-based shooter. But the movement has zero friction to it, so it's really just a flying shooter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's an odd but fun game. Like I, I, yeah, spend a little time on it. It's but it is weird. Like you have to be facing the direction of the enemies to like be shooting them. Tank so controls, kind of, right? Yeah. yeah, tank controls. So that's that's tough. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same thing. Like I thought, like. It's weird it's and be terrible, but it's not right. So. I'm I'm sitting there like, again, fucking just stewing in Dino Ricky thoughts. But despite that, it was fine. You know, there's like some interesting environmental constriction stuff going on. Like they they took the fact that in that aspect, I mean, Dino Ricky kind of did this too at times uh, in the later stages, I suppose. So that doesn't totally uh, whatever separate it conceptually from the Dino Ricky syndrome. But they do a lot of stuff where you have this environmental environmental constriction shit putting you in like narrow tunnels and spaces that require that limit that frictionless movement in a way that is smart and engaging and proper difficulty layering. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, and there is no auto scrolling, which is nice, at least up to where I got fragged on the first stage. I did not beat the first stage when I was playing, but yeah, I didn't auto scroll, which was good. Obviously that was a, a shitty thing about Dino Ricky too, is you have this wild frictionless movement, but it's auto scrolling and you, know, you get wedged in situations that suck. So you at least control the bounds with which you are forced to play in. And that to me is a good choice for a game like this. I think. Yeah. yeah. Not terrible, but I can probably live a full and complete life without ever playing it again. I would say. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that. It's fun, but not, not, I don't, I'm not. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't need to do Two banger on Hudson Soft's second installment of the NES clone of SMS's Wonder Boy series, Adventure Island. And this doesn't hit till February 91, so we're not quite there yet. But forty nine ninety five MSRP is expected, and they're giving it all threes except for a four in challenge. A shitty, shitty 64% overall. Aww. And I don't think I've ever played it, but I translate that scoring to mean mostly meh. And that is exactly what I think of with that series. <laughs> yeah, I I would agree. But if this is, yeah, this is the NES version. That, that kind of bums me out a bit. Just because, because of the artwork, like once it comes out, like I'm sure we'll see the ads for it and the artwork all over the place. For sure. And it's one of those games where I would like... H- Hudson Soft oh. is not bashful about advertising. Well, yeah. <laughs> like my first thought was like, oh, I want to play it. But then this kind of makes me think maybe I don't want to play it. Maybe it's not 
it's not it's not like Star Tropics, which I'm absolutely going to play. I want to see what it's like. like That's this cr- is not- crazy to mention those in the same. I know it's about <laughs> it's like I, yes, there's islands, yes, there's a boy, <laughs> but those are the only parallels. <laughs> they're, col- they're colorful. They're about, about when I was around yeah. the same age ish. Okay. Yeah, I think you'll there be. You once you get into both, you'll be like, oh wow, those do have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> the the reviewer slasher Quan leaves with us uh, leaves us with the following parting words and. I think it really sums it up. Adventure Island 2 is more interesting than its predecessor, with new items and more intricate worlds. The challenge is way up there. It's definitely not for the beginners, or for beginners. However, there are a few flaws. The graphics and sound, unfortunately, aren't much better, even with the MMC3 technology. Uh, Island 2 resembles Super Mario Bros. 3, but isn't nearly as much fun. It also gets too repetitive too quickly, just like Island 1. And a password feature is desperately needed that is not there. Still, anyone who enjoyed the first chapter should get a kick out of this new Hudson Soft cart. And like you know, they mentioned that NMC three technology and the uh, attempts to get it on, or for it to be on par with Super Mario Brothers three. And like those, the map screens, for example, like I think they look more like Super Mario World, even like the SNES one. Yeah, you know what I'm I mean. Like, wait, what? Yeah, so like, there's, I guess, aesthetic things yeah. there that make me i don't know kind of intrigued but see that's why it's like i don't know like right. if you if i didn't read all that i was just kind of be like oh maybe i'll check it out the one screenshot of him in the room with the dragon you know with the purple outline there that how like how on fucking brand with that is or how on brand with wonder boy 3 is that like that looks exactly like a screenshot from Monsterland that we played on SMS, you know, so you can definitely see the uh, through line there for sure. Next is holy fucking shit! It's Ultima Four Quest of the Avatar. <laughs> Gross! What they, are we even doing? Oh, dude, they start this two banger off with a number of paragraphs and total nerd character, and I just love oh. that they tend to have reviewers take these games, these RPG games. That want to go full LARP in their writing for them. It's fucking great, dude. I love that they they pick people this impassioned <laughs> about this kind of game to review these. It's like wizard. Remember Wizardry's fucking same thing. It's probably the same guy. Uh, fucking uh, they they do these with these really these deep RPG games. They really go all out with the in character writing. It's fucking great. There gotta, are you got to do something to pull in the public. Otherwise, uh, like what are <laughs> maybe straight to screenshots. Maybe. I'll tell you that. There's a number of things mentioned in the gameplay mechanics that I had not seen yet, and I found quite intriguing. So I'd like to go through those, Jay, much to your malign. The class offering is pared down to eight this time. I think that's a huge thing. I think one of the problems with that last one was just like fucking all these things to choose from. And they didn't even, to make it even worse, most of them didn't even really have, you know, like the alchemist and shit like that. Didn't like the things that make you an alchemist are not present in that simple of a game. So it's not. It's a waste of a lot of things. Time, effort, thought, whatever. Consideration. So they paired it down this time to eight, and uh, they don't even mention race. So that's a substantial simplification that I welcome from Exodus. And they also say your class is determined by those... Like, when you start that game, I mentioned before, I thought it was purely for a morality system. Like, determining your morality starting point or something. But it says that your class is determined by how you answer those questions. So... One, you're not starting with a whole party, kind of like you do in Exodus. 
You're starting with just one character, and you answer these questions that make that character what they are in some kind of naturalistic way, as opposed to just arbitrarily choosing a class from a menu, you know? And I think that is, is a really cool immersion RPG effort, tactic, whatever. So that was cool. And then the point of the game is about maintaining virtue and that you, you're you constantly presented these dialogue challenges by people that are ambiguous enough for you to not always know what's right and wrong. So you're, you're, you're trying to develop these characters to a certain point of virtue and that's how you progress. And that's cool and different. I mean, that's just not, that does not exist anywhere else in any game, uh, PC or, I mean, I obviously hadn't played the Ultimas, but I can't think of any other, even PC RPGs that had that kind of, uh, I don't know, progress tree, you know, where you're, you're answering intricate dialogue things, nuanced dialogue questions that can hurt you basically, you know what I mean? And that's, that's pretty cool and unique. So I, uh, there's potential there to get pissed off, I, I think, but, um, <laughs> most understated thing. We're talking about ultimate here. <laughs> there's the potential to get pissed off. Yeah. I would say a high probability. <laughs> that's cool. Though. I, I, you know, I, if, if you're, if you're willing to go into it, like full RPG, I think that's that, that you have, you have to take that, like that getting, setbacks are supposed to be part of the experience, you know? It's like the Space Quest fucking dialogue Jab and I are having on that. It's like, you know, you're dying as part of the game loop. Like, you have to, if you were going to play this type of game, you have to embrace that, and you should embrace it in a positive way because that's part of what makes it a game, you know? Uh, in any event. there you're, they, they, they mentioned killing pirates and taking their ships, as well as moon gates are still modes of travel in this game. So that was that was something that... I mean, I, I'll understand them better this time, probably, in both cases. So what that do you mean is this a, time? Like, you're going to play it? What do, you, what do you mean by this time? Uh, the, this is... You're, it's you're it's, it's definitely... It's on our RPG list. This is... This is a democracy, Jay. This is a democracy. Sometimes... Oh sometimes you just have to listen to the wants and needs of others. Oh, my gosh. And move through life accepting and and living out those choices by other people that decided the the whole the collective was better off with a choice maybe you didn't personally align with you know that's what democracy is about jay i don't know i don't know if you recall our discussion earlier <laughs> oh no comment and then yes they add they, they mentioned that the, you add more characters to your party one by one out in the world so you don't, again, you don't just, like, fucking pick four fuckers and go out with them together. You find them kind of almost Dragon Warrior-esque, but also in the same way that you determine the class of this one. Well, I don't know. I Actually, I'm not, I guess I'm not sure if you, like, just find a fighter and then you ask the fighter to join you. Or if you find this person and then have to go through some decision or question tree that determines what they are as well. I didn't really specify that, but... Either way, adding these characters is optional, it said, which is cool. Because it, it kind of it harks back to one of the aspects of Exodus that was both frustrating and uniquely interesting was how the, the enemies in the world scaled with your, diff, with your character levels 
and how little the character levels benefited you. It kind of feels like that same thing. Like here, the enemies, the number of enemies you see out in the world, or the number of enemies in an individual battle, I think maybe is a better way to express that, is dependent on how many characters you have in your party. So if you don't elect to bring more characters in your party, you can take the game on solo, and there might be strategy, beneficial strategy to making that choice, as opposed to adding more players to your party and then scaling up the difficulty of the battles. And it kind of suggested in the text that maybe it seemed to be the balancing was better suited for fewer characters as opposed to more early game. You know what I mean? Um, and as once you got them up to a certain level, then adding more characters made more sense. So it's just, again, just like, you know, those, just those games, these games finding ways to introduce strategy and intricacy that make you think and make choices is, uh, what makes those, these type of games interesting. And, and you know what? Seems- you know another game where you can add companions that is way better than this? Starfield. <laughs> Try that instead. Moving on. Not moving on. They... <laughs> sp- yes, uh, we're moving on. Why, are yes. we still talking about Ultima? Yes. What? The, the, what the spell doing? system is also entirely retooled. <sighs> That it's not just MP to cast spells. You also need to acquire various types of herbs. So, me personally, yes, give me all that apocryphy or apothecary rather. <laughs> I'm at, that's one of the things about Baldur's Gate. I really like actually the the apothecary in Baldur's Gate, where you're you know you get the materials and you make potions and shit. It's it's a cool crafting system that's not overly mm. cumbersome. So that's a cool change too. I think that just kind of makes the spell casting a little more layered and here jay i mean it's kind of settles you know there's really no arguing with the the math of this they give it a very lit score of 84 percent all fours except a five on challenge and we don't see scores like this for rpgs 72 percent is what dragon warrior 2 got in the last issue uh just for a comparison so you like dragon warrior 2 this is 12 percent better jay josh the the crack you would have to be smoking <laughs> to think that I would consider playing such a game. This is just no. It's 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 going to be terrible because it's Ultima. You cannot you cannot take shit and like shine it and make it better. It's still shit at the core. Like that's what that's not talking. true. That's not true. You can polish yes. up a turd real nice with the right we, materials. We are, we are, with the right already, materials and the right chemicals, you can polish a turd up super nice. Did, <laughs> did we already <laughs> determine this is made by the same people who made the last one? Like they uh, they thought that was good. We slight differences. That. Slight differences. Slight, but the same main important people, the people who determine the creative direction of the game. Like, uh, we couldn't. We couldn't really. I think there was. It was tough. There were. It was hard to discern what, who handled the port and who was part of the actual original game design and yada yada yada. So we don't actually know that for sure. I don't. I don't think that was the findings. That was inconclusive. I think. I think we Incon- need to talk about inconclusive. Jay, I think, I think, I think we that need was to talk about our philosophies when it comes to these games. Like, are we choosing the best games so that we can make sure that we have the optimal retro gaming experience that we could possibly have? No. No, of course not. No, we're, we are trying to, from a scientific perspective, understand the whole picture. And sometimes right. that requires ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> it, it did. It did. And we determined that that was just a steaming pile that should not. 
that not be returned to. that segment of history yes but <laughs> i think you have to be open to the possibility that progress can be made okay philosophical question what game was absolutely terrible that got a sequel that was absolutely fire can you name well, one there's all sorts of instances where you have like but that's not that's not from like some perspective from not like again. 3 and 4 like in a in a series well ultimate exodus is number 3 in the series yeah but all of them were terrible so they're just like you never played one and two. You have no idea if one and two are terrible. They they couldn't have been good. Like possible. <laughs> this is very this is a very closed minded perspective. I don't see how you could possibly just assume that. We don't know that. But if you want to draw this comparison, yeah, like Simon's Quest Two is thought of as being, and I would agree is is not. There's a lot of things wrong with it that make it obtuse and hard. And one and three were both uh, better. You know, so uh, in a lot of ways, at least as far as just as far as like your ability to, you know. You don't have to put on blinders to enjoy them. I think they're more universally enjoyable. Uh, so that's an instance. I mean, any of the big franchises are going to have this. You know, you have your good ones, you have your bad ones. So, uh, yeah, I think, and this is, we were talking about a, a, a game series that goes, I don't know, fucking 14 installments or something. So what? some of them are going to be good, some of them are going to be bad. This is applicable for Final Fantasy, just the same. Uh, Dragon no, Warrior. All the Final Fantasies are good. We just have to play through them all. That's, we just have to, at least, see. That's the thing. Final Fantasy exhibits excitement and Dragon War excitement. I'm excited to play the next Final Fantasy and the next one. Like I want to get only those. only because you have this one bad experience though. If you if you'd have played whatever, say you would have played the first, if the first Ultimate you would have played would have would have laid the foundation of whatever fucking Ultimate. Who knows? I mean, again, they they made fourteen of them. So they had to be someone had to enjoy some of them. <laughs> so. Uh, Richard Garriott lives in a fucking castle in Austin, bro. Like, someone's buying these games. <laughs> he lives in a castle a with a, a fool is he lives in a castle with a fucking Shakespearean Globe theater out in the yard. Like, the, someone bought these games. Uh, but yeah, if you'd have played one of the whichever one is thought of as the greatest, you know that would be your foundational uh, perspective on the thing, and then you would give more leeway to a bad experience with a third one and you know i think part of the bad experience was the port i think the port was bad uh in the case of there were broken things in that game that is that was not in the design of the game it's fucking fci's shitty ass port so i don't know jay i think it's a very close minded perspective here it's 59.95 is the msrp on this and i guess that is to be expected for a heavy battery backup game like this that's pretty Reasonable, probably. Most of the games with the battery backups are like that. Are priced that way. ISOH Game Ep alum Little Nemo after that. And this one is by Unknown Gamer. Same cat that did Ultima. And in similar fashion, he wrote the whole piece in character as Nemo. So, of course, I like this. It's like a childlike perspective. Moving through the eight dreamscapes in the game. One little notable, just quantifiable thing that I like that they put in here was the we were kind of unsure, if I recall correctly, when we played for the game app, but the the wand blast count necessary to take down the Nightmare King, they yeah. put it at 15 here, blasts. Uh, okay. Full, full, full charge, charge blast, too, because they had the, you can shoot without the charge, and right. uh, that, of course, would take more, you'd guess, so. That's a long-ass battle, so that 15 sounds right to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. I buy that. 
The MSRP is an incredibly reasonable 4295, and I noticed here they are listing how large the ROM capacity and type is on the cart for every game. And that's again kind of just highlighting like what you're paying for, I guess. The, that was cool to me. This is a 2 meg cart uh, that they're charging 4295 for. And the game rating is fives in graphics gameplay fun, fours in sound challenge, which is exactly the same, I think, as Turtles, if I recall correctly. I don't know. I might have a problem with that four in challenge. Like, I think this was a very tough game. I think this is a five in challenge. I would agree. This is definitely a challenging game. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. The more I think about it, I'm like, eh, okay. It, it was it was tough, but like. I feel like it, dude. There were some of those levels were hard as fuck, dude. I think that was a very, very, very challenging game. Very Capcom-y. Uh, 92% was the overall. Like I said, same as Turtles. EA's The Immortal is next. And again, this is a really interesting game, but if we're going to play this, it has to be the Genesis version. I will accept nothing else. There's definitely shortcomings with this, and if we're going to weather those, we at least need the elite 16-bit graphics while doing so. The MSRP is $49.99. This is a 3-meg cart with the MMC3 chip. So uh, that's why they're able to have those big sprites and shit, I imagine, that this game has. All fours on the Game Pro rating, except Fun, where they bump it to a five, an 84% overall. Like I said, I have like this kind of affinity for this game. The NES version in particular? Hmm, I don't know about that. <laughs> that might be a bit... As like, usual. Extreme. A, did you, you didn't try that, did you? No, I did not try this one. Okay. Yeah, I would, like I said, I would hold off until Genesis. A Namco full pager for some Genesis offerings breaks up the ProView onslaught next. ISOH game up alum Philios and that skimmer flyer shooter game I really liked in the last issue, Burning Force. And I fired it up again just to make sure it was the one I was thinking of because these names are whatever, you know. So, But yeah, it's the skimmer one. And the same thing happened, dude. I just couldn't stop fucking playing it. I just kept playing it. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got actually... if. Uh, if I'm sure you don't remember, but I fucking last time I got to the boss, the first boss, so through the first two stages, then to the boss stage, and I died on the boss fight. This time I got through the boss, and after the boss stage, there's a really cool bonus stage that reminded me a lot of the Sonic 2 bonus stages where you, you're you going, you know, you don't have the tube here because, you know, you're on this open right. water thing, but you're still in the flying vehicle, and... In the same way in Sonic, you have to, like, you're, like, trying, like, the, the rings are in a line in a lot of cases, and you're trying to just track with this th perspective, quasi-3D, um, whatever, like, rows that move out towards the perspective, towards the horizon, I mean, and you're trying to do that in a flying case without the tube here. So you're, like, trying to match this flying sprite. Yeah. From behind with these fucking lines that are going, you know, all over the screen. And it's it's really interesting and, and cool way to do a bonus stage, I think, that I was I didn't expect to be there and also had fun with. So, yeah, man, I, I mean, this is like a mindless... If we wanted to go purely mindless fun on a game episode, like, I think this fucking game has it all, man. Hmm. Like, a really, really, really good video game that, um, again, testament to fucking okay. to, to Namco... Uh, I mean, they made Filios, so yeah, right. I'm not surprised. So they're 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 killing it here early on Genesis. More Hudson Soft on the next ProView. Jackie Chan's action kung fu. We <laughs> talked, yeah, we talked about this last issue, and I think we were both pleasantly so surprised. I mean, that was so good as a. We were pleasantly <laughs> surprised. We were pleasantly surprised that it was not a total trash fire. 
But these motherfuckers are on some other shit here. They're giving it a 92%. That's I'm nuts. telling you. It is a it looks good, man. I played it again. Like it's the music is fun. The sprite is surprisingly good. Even like the artwork of the sprite, like the back and forth, like this is I don't know, man. I think this is really well done. I think this might Jay, be a really good game. Sound and challenge of the fours. Again, just like with Little Nemo and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, same exact score in the same exact categories. Right. Well, exactly. Exactly. Well, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I might, the- I might, uh, no, those are here. I put, I put this like down an ad notch. You know, I haven't played this whole game. I'm only played a little bit. Like you can't, I don't know. It's fun. It's not, uh, it's not anywhere near on the tier as those games. It's insane. insane. Well, obviously I haven't played it. I haven't played it all the way through. So that that's not a statement I'm saying. I'm just saying. It's worth looking at for sure. Sure. Like I said, I wouldn't <laughs> hang myself if I got locked in a room with this game for a week or something. I wouldn't kill myself. But I would never mention it <laughs> in a sentence alongside uh, games of that magnitude. No, no. I mean, it's... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. It, it depends on how you look at it, right? Because you can't ever say, to me, very few games are able to measure up to... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Like, come on. Like, very few games at all. So, like, it's preposterous to say this game could be on that level. At the same time... That's what they're saying. That's all, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm <laughs> yeah. saying that's what they're saying, and that's delusional as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, the MSRP is forty nine ninety five. This is also a two-meg cart, but it does have the MMC3 chip. So that's probably why it, ha- it looks better than you expect. That's a wrap on NES Pro Views. We move into Genesis with yet another Game App alum, Strider from Sega of America. And they repeatedly touted as being one of the best and most faithful coin-op ports you can score at the time. And I think that is accurate. Oh, Yet they the somehow... Because it's the Genesis version. The good precisely, one. right. But they somehow give it a lesser score than Jackie Chan, a still respectable 88%, but lesser than Jackie Chan. That see? is fucking crazy. 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 That's nuts. I fucking agree. nuts. Try it. No, see, Strider is Jack so Jack. much we have better. We to play dude, Jackie crazy. Chan to settle this because Strider is like they are dragging the fucking cat arcade cabinet into your living room, dude. And have you ever played the- an arcade cabinet of Jackie Chan? <laughs> no, because they didn't have one. Exactly, it's not. Dude, it's, exactly it's impossible like to make it. It's impossible to make an arcade level. <laughs> Stop hating on Jackie Chan. Why you got a problem with Asians? Why you got racist, Josh? That's not the problem. That's not the problem here. We're talking about relative game scoring here. Like we gotta, there's got to be integrity. There's got to be journalistic integrity in these scores, and this is lacking I'm integrity. To, I'm agreeing with that. I just, yeah. Graphics and challenge are the fives, and those are both true. But no way in fuck I agree. Sound or fun should get knocked on Strider, dude. Like this should be to me. This should be a 96. Maybe it should be perfect score. Like it, You're I mean, out of your mind. This was an amazing this game, dude. This is nowhere near Ninja Turtles 2 level. Come oh, on. what are you talking about, dude? This, not, no, this, not. Is an, this is an arcade game. If they, if, they had put, if they had put Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, the arcade game on the NES, which is impossible, <laughs> I think, then yes, okay, maybe. But not the NES version of... Can you... The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 arcade game? Can you team up with your friend and go kick... 
foot can foot clan ass if no. not then no it's not <laughs> that's crazy dude. no it's so good uh it's eight meg cart we all know we know all too well how many times has been thrown in our face what a hugely groundbreaking groundbreaking technical achievement that was and that's why it looks so fucking amazing and played so fucking amazing is because is is, is shredder in this game so many so many megs so is, many is, megs is, jay is jay do you game? know how many megs eight megs is <laughs> It's the maximum number of megs. Well, what about April O'Neil? <laughs> is April O'Neil? If April O'Neil's not in the game, then okay. Uh, and we go straight from that, fittingly, from that Strider thing about the eight megs to the big Genesis spread oh for the gosh. issue. And this is a, a meager three-banger they've scaled it back to. It's been four at times lately. But they're doing the exact aforementioned thing. They're telling us how fucking lit Strider is. And they call it the most powerful home video game ever. And they are touting it being named Electronic Gaming Monthly's Game of the Year. Maybe that's why they tried to lowball it as an 88% as a shot across the bow at EGM. That's my uh, logic. Is that GamePro is... Yeah, GamePro is trying to... It's a, it's a, it's a low, it's a, it's a, um, subversive dig at, at their competitor EGM calling their game of the year, uh, a lowly 88%. Hmm. 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 I, don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Cause, uh, EGM was my game, my magazine. That's well, there you go. Now, see now, now you're in, this is now you're in conflict. Game of the year. 1990 Game of the Year. I know. Strider. I mean, what other games came out in 1990 that we can talk about? Lots of games. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the arcade game, for one. <laughs> Their big library page is here again, of course, and there's lots of titles in there we haven't played, like Bejeweled, for one. The last Jenny Pro View is another revisit, but a good one. And this is Hellfire from Seismic. And this is the it's a side scrolling, flying space map, life force on steroids, basically. Very solid 84% rating. All four, save for a five on challenge, which I agree with. I enjoy it, but I'm not even kind of good at it. It's way too intense. But I would play the fuck out of it for a game app, though, because it is fucking that good to me. No MSRP, as Sega goes, for Meg Cart. We get. An SNK full pager next, and it's styled like a newspaper called the Super Player News that's up top in NY slash LA Times font. And the games featured are Little League Baseball Championship Series, current side quest nominee Crystallis, and then a new one I never heard of, Mechanized Attack. This is a port of an arcade rail shooter joint that requires zapper action on the NES. Dropped way back in June, so it's fair game, but we're not doing zapper games. I watched the play vid. It is a much shittier version of Operation Wolf, 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 Wolf. Operation Wolf. And I'm all set on that. So after these messages, we'll be right back. wanted more power, arcade-like four-dimensional graphics, and 15-channel stereo sound. Neil Geo is no stopping us now. That is a 1990 U.S. Market TV commercial for the release of the Neo Geo system. 
The video is much needed to get the full gist of that ad, as the whole premise is you are behind a missile crosshair that is targeting and blowing up live-action shots of all the competing consoles of the time, NES, T16, and Genesis. And just as with the ad in the mag earlier, SNK was not being shy about extending their middle finger towards other console makers, and, and that right. commercial encapsulates that uh, perfectly. We now head into a couple of Turbo Graphics Pro views. The first is a side-scrolling robot action game, Vegas Tactical Gladiator, that gets a ni- very nice 88%, and the reviewer is sure to point out that there are some cool strategy elements in your character build options that elevate the experience. 61.99 MSRP on a 3-meg cart. And the next is, this is the one worth talking about in my opinion, it is NEC's, it's just the letter Y, S, but it's pronounced E's, book one and two for the CD-ROM add-on, which is an RPG I feel like I have heard a lot about uh, positive oh, yeah. over the years. So the reviewer, Dominion, is a reviewer, and, and he's like on absolute full fucking tilt about this game. <laughs> they give it a 96%, which I've never seen in the magazine uh, to date. I mean, it's only three issues of scores, but nonetheless, the first 96% we've seen. And the only knock is a foreign graphics, which is kind of wild because there it says there's 20 plus minutes of dope animated sequences in the game being a CD-ROM title. You know, they can do actual FMV uh, and they have animated iterations uh, for story. And yeah, I mean, I know it's outside the purview of this podcast, but side quests are kind of a swerving outside of the lines anyhow. So I added this to our yet-to-be-quested list, I think, because, yeah, it is, I've heard about it a ton. This guy is, like, over the fucking moon about it, and uh, everything in there looks pretty fucking pretty intense and pretty pretty side-quest-worthy to me. So, I thought this, uh, this has come out on other platforms, right? Because I've heard of this, but not specifically for TurboGrafx-16, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, like it's any, it's, I think it's NEC developed direct, so, I mean, it's, it, if, it probably does get ported, you would guess, but I don't know where it would have been. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know it to be on the Genesis or SNES, and, you know, this is a CD-ROM deal, too, so... Uh, if I'm if I'm misremembering it, that's shocking, and this, then that's even more surprising that this sticks out in my mind. You know what I mean? Having never owned a TurboGrafx-16. Yeah, especially the CD-ROM add-on. That's right up there with fucking uh, Neo Geo, Neo Geo pricing. Right. I was I tried to like download it <laughs> and and try it out, you know, just to fuck around. But this, I it's it's, it's going to be an elevated level of effort required, I think, to both find and emulate. The TurboGrafx-16 CD games. So, if we do choose it, I'm sure Jab in particular, that motherfucker Luddite Jab, uh, will be even hard, even harder than our own efforts to to fucking make it happen. But seems like it could be worth it. They have a lone SMS pro view on that port of columns of theirs, and that gets a 72%, and the MSRP is 29.95 for a two meg cart. There, that's our only SMS deal, and. Then, just when I think I'm out, you pull me back in, baby. It's Jay's Atari Corner time. Tell us about Scrapyard Dog, Jay. Oh my gosh. This game is definitely not a game I played back in the day. It's, I mean, it's it's basically a cute platformer, right? Like, you're a guy, he's going around, he's passionate about his junkyard, so... Just, well, his, do- just his like, dog got stolen, I think, is the whole premise, which I, yeah. I can... 
that's and, you got me emotionally there. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. This is very much just a cute platformer, and at this point, I'm kind of like, I'm not even looking at it. I'm not even like, I'm not even going there. You lost me. <laughs> my, my Atari days are behind me at this point. This is not like it. It makes me sad. Like if you just look at the sound meter, that's all you have to say. Like it's just like what is that? It's the, two? Ol- it's the only the blue. Yeah, days? it's the only blue. It's the only two in the whole in all the pro views. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah they give it a seventy six percent overall. That's not total dog shit. Right. You know. No. Yeah. But, I, I'm sure. But at this point, I've I was I'm thankfully. I'm I'm so grateful to my parents for upgrading me, and my Atari is in a box. Like, not, not asking for scrapyard dog for Christmas, huh? Definitely but, not. Yeah, twenty four ninety nine MSRP. They probably would have loved it if you would have. And uh, that's for a one meg cart, you know. Which I wonder if that is the high. I wonder if they had two meg carts for Atari. Uh, now that they're putting this here, it's our it's our first time where they're doing that, and also. Because you remember, we didn't have Atari Pro views in the last issue, so we did. That's true. <laughs> um, I look forward to seeing both if Atari games will continue to be have Pro views, and two if we if they like make expanded size carts at all for it. I'll be curious. Whole bunch of shit we don't need to spend time on. In between that and the SWAT hot tips, tactics, passwords, the boomerang exchange trick for the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on NES is a fun one that was deeply rooted in my childhood essential knowledge. Uh, you know, what I'm talking about where you like you t- you select one turtle. You th- you can I think you could throw three at a time, and you throw three boomerangs out, and then you hit start real quick, go to another turtle, select the turtle, and unpause it. And when you come out of the pause, the boomerangs return to your sprite, and then that new turtle has the boomerangs, so you can give boomerangs oh, to all of your characters, yeah, yeah. You know, which is pretty yeah. cool, pretty fun little cheese Cut tactic, yeah. and also. We still have not played that game yet, Jay. It's hmm. a tough one. Yeah, it, it is a tough one, but I feel like it's something that belongs on the on the on the resume. If we're going to call ourselves <sighs> retro game podcasters, I feel like it's a game that warrants having completed. You're right. I've definitely completed all subsequent Turtles games except that one. Oh Jesus, that's even more. That, that, make, that makes it that should make it unavoidable. Then there is a very notable ad in here, a full pager from One Arcadia Systems announcing their November NES drop of Silver Surfer, and this is a game that is up there in the pantheon of what in the actual fuck Nintendo hard video games. And despite knowing that, I have never tried it, or I had never tried it, so I did that. And, dude, this, it looks great. It sounds great. I don't know a shit ton about Silver Surfer, Silver Surfer, like, comic story world shit, but it seems to respect the IP, at least as much as I would expect a game to respect IP in 1990. And, you know, that's a lot going for a game, but holy fuck did I do nothing but die playing it. <laughs> did you try it? Yeah, this game is nothing but dying. Bullshit, man. Yeah. <laughs> All it is. I was so mad. I'm like, what? Like, I'm good at games. I move fast. Like, I understand, like, the fast switch, I'm all about it. In this game, I was just like, 
Oh, dude. It's a Do flying you want me to play the game? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, what are like, we doing? It's a one-hit death flying shmup, which, you know, inherently sucks no matter what. But oh. you have this huge sprite with an even shittier huge shit hitbox. So, like, it's so fucking bad, dude. It's so... No, nah, I shouldn't so say bad. bad. So hard. Like, so difficult. Yeah, yeah. I played... Um, which stage did you play? I played... I don't remember. It was like the guy, the, the crazy rock-looking guy. I want to say Electrocutioner or something. Like, okay. I can't remember. I did Emperor, which called. is the the green face dude. And, okay. yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't even get, dude, I mean... Did I get 10 feet? I don't know if I got 10 right, feet. Right, yeah, I mean, like, like, there was this one... I was able to get through, like, I guess what you would call it, the opening sequence, like, you know, 20 seconds maybe of play. And then you get to this part with these, it had these missiles that were flying uh, horizontal. And, again, your sprite is so big with that long board that you can't, there's, I couldn't get between them and not be hit by either one. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it just, it was... It's- it's, it's like you, you have to choose whether or not you want to try to shoot at them or get out of the way. But if you try to shoot at them, you're going to get shot, too. So it's like, I, I don't know. I Yeah. I mean, you know, this is, like I said, it's right in line with everything that is, I, I hear about. This is one of those games. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type stuff where it's just like, although that one's more of a, a truly bad game that is also very hard and frustrating. But, uh, you know, this is like, it's. The only thing bad about it is the difficulty level. Like the music, I mean, you, you, you know, we have we're gonna have a cue here for a minute. The music is right. fucking hot, <laughs> you know, and the fucking the, it's beautiful. Like the the cutscene when you die, dude, or not the cutscene, but the the pixel art of 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 the surfer on his board with his fucking head in his fucking crook of his elbow, like depressed, is fucking great looking. The yeah, it's great, great, but great that looking. makes it worse. That makes it worse, because every time you die, <laughs> right, yeah, you watch it goes like, yeah, and Yeah, and it's not, yeah. Time. Yeah, it's oh. not a, it's not a quick. No. It's like, it's cut. like, reflect on your failure. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, right. Like, Think about what you've done, fuckface. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very, it's too much. Uh, it's, if, if you're going to die that much, the cycle to getting to the next play needs to be much faster. I concur. Exactly. Yeah, man, I don't, I mean, you know, we can save scum, so whatever. But um, straight up, if a Lord Disciple wants it bad enough and sends us a receipt for a $100 donation to the Able Gamers Foundation, we will play this game for a game episode and oh go through gosh. all that accompanies that choice in life. We, we might uh, need to raise that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, kidding. Uh, yeah. If, uh, if you post it on the Faceship page or email it directly to us at isohpodcast at gmail.com, and uh, we will play this game. But that is the only way I'm suggesting myself to this shit. <laughs> no chance. I'm not I'm not doing it for for no goodwill uh, at all. Ask the pros are the next pages of relevance and Shadowgate is first up and I love the tone of Adam Voorhees's which that's a crazy last name to go through life with post Friday the 13th's existence by the way but uh, Adam's letter and I want to read this it was hmm. significant enough to me. Dear ask the pros, two parts of the game Shadowgate have got me stuck. First, how do you answer the Sphinx's question so he'll let you pass? Second, is there a door behind the waterfall near the shark-infested pool? And then he just closes it. This is why I wanted to read it. He closes it out with, 
please help me. <laughs> Which is like that, you know, if you don't have a hint book in 1990, that is like, that is your mental state when you get to a place in the game that you like, that you love playing, but you are stuck as fuck and there's no one or nothing to help you. You know what I mean? It's fucking great to me. Just like, please help me. <laughs> Just so honest. And, and uh, I, I think about that and I'm glad that this person's letter got into this magazine, but like, how long did they wait? Was that like a, a whole two month affair? Like, have they waited two oh, yeah, months? Talking, yeah, for sure, issue, for sure. And now they're for just sure. like, <gasps> finally fired it and back yes, up again. There, yeah, there's the two worlds there, obviously, where you have, you know, they figured it out after much trial and error. And they see yeah. this and they're like, oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, or they've been sitting there stuck the whole time and they see this and it is like just the heavens opening up, you know, uh, which is, yeah. Both are both are beautiful pictures uh, to visualize. There is also a Dragon Warrior Q asking how to make the Rainbow Bridge happen, and the response, I, I kind of like it. It's like it's less than all encompassingly, or all encompassing rather. It's like it kind of tells you, but it doesn't just unlock the fucking door and you know let you through. You have to. There's still some problem solving to be had with that they answer. Don't, they don't spell it out for you right, right there. Yeah. So I, I kind of like that. I respect that. They have an announcement blurb at the end, too, and they're starting a new contest segment called Ask the Readers. And starting in the January issue, they will print two of the questions sent in for the pros, and then readers can write in with the correct answers to get a free T-shirt. So uh, basically, if you have knowledge on the game, you can get rewarded for that and have your shit printed, which is pretty cool. I like that. You're like crowdsourcing answers from everyone. Right. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. The cynic, the cynic in me wants to look at that and call it lazy, but I mean, they can get they, they like okay. it, they mentioned the one they like. There was one question I think it's in here where they like they we they said they 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 reached out to the manufacturer to get the answer. So they're doing the work, you know, on, on these yeah. answers, you know. So they have means by which to do it. Short pro shots kicks off with NES titles. And the only new thing in here is North and South from Kim Koseka, which dropped this month. And this is a Civil War strategy war game, which, of course, originated as a PC title developed by Info Infogrames. There's an R in there, which is a goofy-ass fucking, I don't know, company name choice. But the, I fired this up. The really wildly impressive. I mean, it's Kim Koseka, which I, every game they do is fucking great. So this was not surprising to me, I suppose. But... Uh, there's really, really good presentation on this. There's incredible pixel art throughout. Like, really, there's a, a really impressive Star Spangled Banner chiptune rendition. <laughs> that that kind of, uh, I was surprised and impressed by. And it, the problem with it, of course, is it's a mouse-based, mouse-cursor-based map UI that you play the game with, and there's just no fucking way to enjoy a game like this on the NES anymore. So, unfortunately, it's unplayable because of that technical limitation, but everything else about it was great, and at the time, when I was able to tolerate these limitations control-wise, I think I would have enjoyed this game. Uh, it seemed to be very good. There's a lot of customization you could do with uh, handicapping where in the war, whether you're the North or the South, you might be, and how much you have to accomplish to win the war, and there's also the presence of Native Americans they have to deal with. So there's like a third party entity that make it more difficult. Uh, so it seemed like a really well done strategy game. On the PC, it was probably, it's probably fucking awesome. Uh, so that was pretty cool. I'm guessing you did not play that, though. <laughs> no, I felt the exact opposite. I felt like this game was terrible. I would never play it again. Are you kidding me? 
I thought it was so. I thought like the little chiptune thing was like the best thing about it. Like, <laughs> when you get into a battle, you're like, oh, I gotta control like all of my troops at one at once. Like, are we moving up together? You know, or I gotta I gotta either control my riflemen at once or my like horses at once. And it was just like, no, this is not. I yeah, I'm not doing this on the console. This is not what I got my NES out for. No, no it's, yeah, it doesn't work on console, okay. unfortunately. But concept good though, concept good. Again, especially for the time. Like if you like, Civ. This is pre Civ two even. So that's you gotta you gotta think of where where war games like this were at. No, I could see it. I, I, yeah. I see where they're going for. Yeah. There is also a Jalico titled called War on Wheels that is described as a roller derby arena battler. This was actually never released. Uh, but there does seem to be a prototype ROM floating around the internet for it. The reason for it going unreleased, it said in the article I found that was supposed to have the ROM to download, but did not. But they cited that the reason it wasn't released was because of really miserable video game mag reviews. So when I was unable to download it from that website, I was like, I'm not going to do work to find it if that is the reason I can't find it. <laughs> or it wasn't released, rather. You know. You're better off without it. Yep. But kind of interesting, nonetheless. So then we move into Genesis titles, and we get absolutely mollywopped from nowhere by a new Shinobi title, Shadow Dancer, The Secret of Shinobi. This is Sega developed and published, as you'd expect, and it dropped in December, so we are fair game on this bad boy, and I did not expect to see a Shinobi game come at me in this issue. Uh, Especially one in this manner, like this little tiny fucking mini nugget at the back of the magazine. Like, how does this not have... If it's out for Christmas, why is it not Sega? They're bad at fucking marketing. That's why, probably. But, like, yeah, I was really shocked to see this in here and find out that it was uh, available for play. And the blurb in the mag describes it as a one-for-one continuation of playstyle from the Game Up alum Revenge of Shinobi, except for adding a dog sidekick that rolls with you. And cool game plus dog. Yes, let's do it. I'm in, you know. And did you play it? I did not play this game. No, really? No shit. Dude, it's... Exactly. I mean, fucking, it is. It's Revenge of Shinobi. It's more Shinobi. Yes. Lit opening titles and prologue cinematic, uh, which Revenge of Shinobi very much had. And then the gameplay is, like, it, all the things that made Shino- Revenge of Shinobi good. And I feel like they imp- it's a little less clunky and stilted, which was one of the things we criticized Revenge mm-hmm. for, is that, like, you're playing a ninja, there's supposed to be this fluidity that you want out of that because of it being a ninja. And I feel like it's still not perfect, but it's a lot better. And that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it seemed to me game app worthy uh, for sure. So I think it's something we should, we should probably, I, I think wait for a fucking, you know, a mag feature. So we have a little bit of, of meat to work with while playing it. But um, it seemed to be to have the potential. Pro News Report winds down or winds us down on this issue, and there's some teasing of SNES licensee title announcements, and Capcom is re-upping their fruitful licensing relationship with Disney for four more games, and Tailspin is on the NES is the first one up, and I was aware of an SNES Tailspin, but I did not know there was an NES one. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't come out till next Christmas, so we're not going to see it for a while, but um, those games are usually good, so I look forward to seeing how they... Continue those at on the Taylor tail end of the NES. I have it on the uh, the uh, 
Disney Afternoon collection. My Xbox yeah. right now. The original. The, yeah. the NES version? Yeah. Uh, is it is it more DuckTales or more Chip and Dale Adventure? What do you mean? Quality-wise. Uh, more Chip and Dale, I'll say. Yeah, it's but I mean I I don't like I don't love like Tailspin itself as a as the oh the IP yeah compared you know what I mean so it's kind of just like uh that that's the game that goes unplayed of that collection of games like realistically <laughs> yeah it's it's at the bottom of my Disney Afternoon scale as well the the uh, the very end of this they have uh, a little blurb that talks about there being a Twin Peaks game in the works the Midwestern Who Done It. TV show on ABC from David Lynch, what? and yeah, uh, I, sounds like a weird idea. Right, precisely a very weird show, uh, which I've never watched, but I, I mean, I respect David Lynch for sure. Uh, his a lot of his stuff, not a huge fan of, but I certainly respect his work. And this that that is a show that is you know revered to no end. I watched it with my with my wife, like we yeah. watched it like. The original one? There's a new one too. I think. No, no, we Actually, watched the original the one. one years ago. Like, okay. Just I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember what brought it up, but like we, we had jokes about it. You know what I mean? So it's. I'm yeah, sure, I mean, his shit is always a little weird, so I'm sure it's a weird. But ass like show. a game, a video game. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a mystery, so you know, I can see. Like, I feel like it probably has to be like Shadowgate. Uh, you know. Yeah. For, to that's work. what I'm saying. Like a game, like in the mindset of like. A game coming out in early 90 i'm thinking no hard pass on that you know what i mean like yeah. today all right i could see like i could see the appeal of it from a video game well, publisher standpoint dude, funny you're saying that so kid, i would no <laughs> yeah i went looking for this it actually never comes out so it doesn't oh, doesn't happen so there's no at least and maybe a prototype will fucking drop sometime like that uh roller derby game but the and googling around for that for for this uh information about this release of it or this supposed release of it uh, i found this is a 2019 vr game that it's actually pretty poorly rated so i'm guessing they didn't execute well but uh, a vr twin peaks mystery that sounds fucking like it has insane potential of being great that could know? yeah so yeah so it's, it's a bummer if if it does in fact suck that's a bummer because um that's the precise medium that that should be done in <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly that was it for that, though. There was nothing else. I mean, it was actually pretty short. Pro news stuff, yeah. not a ton of shit in there. A clearly paid-for two-page feature for that Pipe Dream game on NES. <laughs> like the, It's, like, so goofy looking right there. Like, first of all, it's conveniently paired with the two-banger ad that we've already seen. And they're fucking, like, they're, like, featuring the developers of the game and stuff. It's just, I don't know, it's so heavy-handed as, as a paid piece of content, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, at the back of the magazine, too. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's really goofy. They're like, yeah, we'll take your money and we'll just shift it to the back yeah, so that we kind of keep our integrity mainly in. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Glad the check cleared, though. Uh, that gets us to the useless Pro Challenge high scoreboard with no fucking locations on it to do Ohio, Ohio geography from before they lay out the next issue highlights for us. And it is a big sports focus, basketball and football in particular. Go sports ball. They also mentioned some kind of X gamey type shit as well, but primarily basketball and football. So that'll be interesting. Although looking at the list, we've seen most of them already. So um, it'll just be a revisit situation. But I'm always 
willing to listen to critical analysis of it's cool because yeah, we, we talk about these games we, we did with Madden like trying to it's tough to put yourself in the shoes of that era so it's interesting to read like the fresh and new consumption of it you know what I mean um, and how they feel about it so that'll be interesting and then to wrap this baby up there are a couple of mildly interesting ads making up the back cover inside is Jordan versus Bird on the NES and that is a terrible game but you still kind of want to play yeah. it because it's Jordan versus Bird it's fucking weird <laughs> exactly. yeah and then the actual back cover is for Konami's laser scope and this was the one I was mentioning uh, the other controller that actually uses voice command and so this is a headset device with a microphone that acts as a replacement for the zapper in games intended for that peripheral. And I'm pretty sure I asked him in the fucking chat, a little prick didn't answer, but the I think Jab had this, or someone around me had this. I definitely got to fuck with this as a kid. And I don't recall having much affinity for it, so I was surprised to find what I would find about it. But I pulled up a video, reviewed on YouTube. I'll link to that in the show notes. But the reviewer seemed to be, like, really impressed with it. And he, he was... He did some, you know, yeah. screenshot side by side capture of himself playing games with the screen uh, feed uh, next to him. And I was watching him play Duck Hunt, dude. It seemed to work fucking great. Like you can basically say anything into the mic to initiate the trigger pull, you know. So it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be fire. It's just any short oh, okay. burst of of anything. But if you draw out whatever you're, because my initial concern was like I don't want to say fire eight million times. Right, like playing a game. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I don't want to do that. But it has a workaround for that. If you just draw out whatever you're yelling for a long time, it'll pop off real quickly. Machine fire. Oh, right, okay. precisely. So you can just go fire, and it'll, <laughs> you know, it'll fucking it'll it'll do multiple shots. So that was I was actually pretty impressed okay. by that. And uh, the you know, occasionally, like the the one uh, tricky thing about that feature or functionality is. If you're short, like playing duck hunt, for example, you only have the three shots when you're when you're trying to shoot the ducks. So you don't want to shoot more than one shot, of course, other than when you're trying to shoot. So if you let you, but if you let your short burst fire drag on a little too long, occasionally he would pop off an errant second shot that he didn't want to shoot. You know, so there's like a little bit of goofy functionality there that maybe you're losing a little bit of precision with the actual zapper but otherwise like his targeting was fucking i mean he was nailing him dude so that hmm. targeting arm seemed to work pretty well yeah it's like the you know it, it's a headset and it, it even has so it has stereo sound in the ear so you get actual game sound fed into your into the earphones uh in, in stereo format and then you can actually detach that arm like there's like an arm that comes that sticks into the headset wrap and you can pull that out and just use it as headphones oh, really? while you play the game, you know, which is also kind of cool, I think. You know, you don't need to use it as, as an actual zapper. But anyways, you can that, – that, that arm comes down and, like, the sensor that's on the end of the gun is basically just above that blue lens that sticks down over your eye, you know. So when you – if you – you know, you can – you can get a feel for that just as you do with the zapper and, and make a very precise uh, shot choices. And that's, you know, I, again, I was, he seemed really impressed. Uh, and you could see the output right there on screen. So it seemed to work quite fucking well. Um, which, okay. looking at it, it looks like it's going to be janky as fuck, okay. I think, you know. Uh, but it if is it Konami. Works, it's cool, but right. like, you know, limited, limited games, I'd imagine you'd be using it on. But Sure. But I mean, 
So, just, you know, that's that's applicable to the zapper itself too. Yeah. You know? Although you don't you don't have to pay extra for the well, you do actually pay extra for the zapper because you're getting the action set if you want the zapper, not the base console set. So you're paying for the zapper too. So you know, if you really like zapper games, maybe I don't know. But it's Konami. <laughs> uh, it shouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world. I guess that's not a piece of shit. Konami doesn't really do bunk things. Stage one theme from Silver Surfer on the NES, bringing us into our nomination section as usual. First issue, Power Meter Cum. New segment, new segment. 83.56 aggregate rating for the issue, which is the highest yet of our three GamePro ProView rating, what have you, issues. It's just a sliver over the 82.22% for the last issue, and issue 16 was at 76%, so... Best mag offering yet out of GamePro. I also feel like generally they're just being... I felt like, you know, there was like kind of an... Like half of them were 92, like 90 or above. <laughs> Which is... There's yeah, a lot of stuff there. Right. And some of it warranted, some of it not, though, I think. And like I said, I think Jackie Chan is an insanely high score. I feel like just generally speaking, I mean, like that Atari game got a 76%. There's just no way. I didn't yeah, play it, but there's just no a- way... There's no way. Somebody added a little bit to that person's shoe. They're a couple inches taller than they should be, I think. Right. Um, Yeah. You know, I just. There's probably so much. I see that it's probably one of two extremes. Like, either no discussion about it whatsoever and no one gave a flying fuck, or there was probably like an over. uh, um, uh, Overly detailed amount of effort to like either advertise or influence or just you know, too much talk about it at the fucking yeah. at the fucking meeting before the issue goes out you know about what these scores would be um, and there's probably like a general push that's causing it to go from 76 to 82 to 83 you know <laughs> like you know what I mean like we can't be so shitty we gotta like these people are paying us we have to be cool <laughs> it, it starts with yeah give us your your honest thing then it's like okay okay <laughs> that's actually too honest put this out there <laughs> yeah word okay well then yes let's now talk nominations uh what did we play last we played I honestly can't remember. I'm like, what did we play last? Yeah, it's so fucking long. Uh, Yo-Noid? Is that what we played last? We definitely played Yo-Noid. Doesn't matter. Yep. Start us off, Jay. Start us off, Jay. (laughs) The first nomination, Jackie Chan. Put it out there. Okay. I mean, it's a 92%. How can we not enjoy ourselves? Second nomination is Werewolf, The Last Warrior. Oh, man, this one. Did you play that one? Uh, I played it, I mean, a long time ago. I, again, I, I, it's weird how I vividly remember being in Atlanta when I played that in the issue prior to playing Philios. Hmm. Whatever it was a, that led to Philios. So, yes, I remember playing it. It was goofy. It was weird. It was like, 
intriguing but weird. Yeah, you start with yeah. like a boss type fight, and then you turn into a long clawed yeah. werewolf. You can like scale the ceiling. You change yeah. back. Like I found a secret at one point, and I was like, "Oh, there's secrets you can find." Like it, the music was good, so I, I don't know. I was I was kind of intrigued. It's kind of intrigued. I'm some different. Word. And then the third one was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Arcade Game. AKA Turtles 2. Yeah. Okay. I had, so I, st- this is one of those where I had like six or seven and I, I, I did do the work to pare it down. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 was in the original list. It's not in this list. I wanted, like I mentioned earlier, I wanted Shadow Dancer to be in here, but I, I also want to wait for some real mad coverage. So no on that. But Solar Jetman. Oh. Not going to give it up till we do it. Oh. And then Hellfire. Was my other one, which is the interesting Life Force Genesis knockoff. That's too hard, but I want to play it anyways. And then my last one is the original Team Ninja Turtles. I, I yeah, I think, like I said, I, I, I think, yeah, like yes, we're down. Yeah, I'm down to play t- the second one too at some point. But I feel like, like I said, I feel like it's, so, it's I feel like we are doing our. Selves in our place as historians a disservice by not experiencing that full game. I and think I think it's right. better than it gets credit for. I think it's yeah. better than it gets credit for. It is very difficult. Oh, it's good. It's just tough. But yeah. I, I think you're right. And I would be excited to play that on my Xbox Turtles Collection version. Yeah. Okay. That Fine. sounds just like an easy way. acceptance then. You want to just do it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Get her yeah. done. Turtles. Turtles. Cross off the list. Word. Uh, I love it when it's that easy. Okay, so we're going to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original NES game, next. And you can subscribe to the pod on the platform provider, whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave pods of shit for the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on if you enjoy what we're doing here. The website is nyehentertainment.com forward slash ishpod. Email us directly at ishpodcast at gmail.com with your Able Gamers donation receipt to get us to play Silver Server next time. And follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page, Instagram, and subreddit. And talk shit to us about our gameplay videos on the YouTube. The links to all those will be in the show notes. We don't have a Patreon, but if you like giving money to things podcasters tell you to, and would like to do so at our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities. That's cool as fuck, of course. Ablegamers.org is where you can find them. T-shirts on the website. They're dope and proceeds on those after pot expenses. Go to Able Gamers. We're rocking them now. Jay, what are your socials? Gentleman JB without the second E. That is my gamer tag, and that's where you can find me everywhere. I am on uh, Twitter at Josh Follin, and I'm on Instagram at, if I can say that properly, at <laughs> my shift key is broke, and that is also what my Steam and Oculus tags are. If you want to hunt me down for Baldur's Gate and or some Alfheim uh, walkabout mini golf. Turtles in the half shell. Turtle power. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye.